Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right. (laughs) What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Counting down the hour to the official start of Winnipeg Jets training camp. And uh, we'll hear from the coach and the general manager today on the show. Rick Bonus, uh, Kevin Sheveldale speaking in the last hour out at Iceplex, or sorry, the Hockey for All Center. So we will hear some of what the coach and the GM had to say. And we'll chop it up with Dan Robertson, voice of the Winnipeg Jets on TSN, and our pal Murata Tesh of The Athletic with the latest storylines heading into Winnipeg Jets training camp, which officially begins tomorrow, heading into a big day on Saturday out at the Hockey for All Center the Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest, where we will be at. If you do come by, make sure to come by and say hi to us. I know the Illegal Curve guys are going to be there as well. They'll be live from 9 to 11 with their regularly uh, scheduled Saturday show. Um, We're going to be right there with them as well, um, getting a bunch of content. We might crank out some stuff on that day of or put a bunch of stuff in the can for the following week. Nevertheless, if you are taking in Fan Fest, Pop by and see us. Looking forward to seeing many of you out there for uh, the official kickoff of Jets training camp this upcoming season. And, of course, the official unveiling of that new third jersey that we kicked around yesterday. Um, We do have lots to get to, including including some behind-the-scenes chaos that led into today's show, uh, which um, basically is just a great content opportunity, something to have a fun laugh about. But before we do that, a big thanks to uh, all the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Our friends at CoolBet, new Lock Shop just dropped over at the Edmonton Sports Talk feed. You can find Lock Shop wherever you get your favorite podcast like WST. The Gang of Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, BP and Royal Sports, F Apparel, Nick and Nicky DQ, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, uh, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs. Last night, Alive Racing is tonight. Aikens Lake, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. All right. We appreciate the patience from those of you that saw our aborted start to the program. Let's bring in Michael Remus, who has his hands full right now, cutting clips of Rick Bonus and cleaning up the remnants of a taco order that ended up being distributed throughout the WST studio number one. Yeah, this is a rough start for me. Uh, my wife doesn't work Wednesday, so we ordered in. And she's like, you want to come eat with me upstairs? I was like, no, I'm watching Shovel Day Off press conference and trying to edit all these clips. I have to have it downstairs. And I put it like on my, there's not all the room on this desk. I put it like half on, half off. I like bumped it. Taco all over the floor, rice over the floor. Like staining on the carpet from the from the you know the meat and the taco seasoning, just a disaster. While I'm like rushing to get clips ready for the show, so then we started. Yeah, we had to do a restart. So, how were the uh, like from for the tacos that you were able to eat? How so, were they? So good. Now, like I had what two. Kind? I had two blank tortillas. Uh, pastor, little onion, that, a pork? little pineapple. Yeah, it's a pork taco. Oh, nice. It was, ter- it was terrible, though. I just ordered it and just dumped it all over the floor. <laughs> what a waste. So anyways, yeah, that was, there was a little bit of chaos, a little bit of pre-show chaos happening around, uh, around WSD Don't eat land, it at but... your computer. 
Yeah, I knew that when I got like made this room, like I shouldn't eat at it, but you do anyways. Yeah, uh, the uh, at a certain point, you just kind of break the rules, and then every now and then you're reminded why certain certain rules were were made by well the people that make the rules. Anyways, tacos are cleaned up. We're live. And it's great to have you all with us. Uh, of course, hit that red subscribe button. I'm not sure if it's still red, but hit the subscribe button if you haven't. We're getting very close to 9.9. And then the elusive 10K mark, which we hope to get to by the uh, start of the season on October 11th out in Calgary. And uh, hit the thumbs up as well. I know so many of you do. And so many of you probably did early. And then we had to abort the stream. So um, anyways, we appreciate you with the double thumbs up if you can get uh, get there. Um, listen, we're going to be all over the Jets today, and that really will be the majority of our conversations um, with Dan, with Murat, hearing from Rick Bonus, hearing from Kevin Sheveldayoff. Um, but right off the bat, I, I didn't want to uh, pass over this because we've got a hell of a pennant race right now, well, for the wild card race, and... Uh, Kikuchi got it done last night, Remo. Big, big win by the Blue Jays in the Bronx to take the first game against the New York Yankees. An important one because both Texas and the Mariners won last night. And most incredibly, the news coming out of Toronto last night, or New York, I guess, was about Kikuchi who left the game with some cramps in the sixth inning. And uh, apparently he speculated that the reason why he was pulled from the game with the cramps was that he only got 11 hours of sleep last night as opposed to his usual 13 to 14 hours as a young father what did you think of when kikuchi said he was in the rack for 13 to 14 a night it's really impressive i would kill for that <laughs> i think i'm getting about that in two days maybe so uh, that was you know that was I'm, that was the biggest revelation and uh the west actually is you know, we want to get into the Jets here, but the West, very interesting with Houston, been on a bit of a losing streak, and Seattle is right behind them, and Texas as well. So uh, you could see some shuffling. Those pennant race, you know, less than two weeks, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it. Gosman's on the hill tonight for the Blue Jays. Um, we'll touch on that in the cool bet lines a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, it, it's now that football is back before hockey starts, everything is so regimented. You know, you've got a football from Thursday right through until Monday. Uh, and then, you know, Tuesday you sort of recap it. And then the Wednesday show, which will be dominated by hockey in a couple of weeks and certainly will be dominated by hockey today with the Jets opening their training camp. Um, there's a little bit little bit more time to freestyle, if you will, like we did today on the lock shop, hitting a whole bunch of different topics. But, of course, Remo, uh, we don't need far to go because we know what the main story is around Winnipeg. Well, there's a ton of them, but they're all to do with the Winnipeg Jets. And we've been waiting for last couple months to hear from Rick Bonus, to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff, and both spoke earlier today. And we'll have a few clips of Bones right off the bat. We'll talk to John, we'll talk to Marat, and then more from Chevy and Bones a little later on to uh, fill up the uh, to fill it up. And oh, a nice, nice run. It was very unfortunate how late this was because we couldn't be there with the ability to get back in time to do it. But uh, pretty much all the usual suspects out there. I see Judy Owens there, Freezer. Rennie's got his nice tie on. Jamie Thomas, Kelly Moore. Uh, there's John Liu. So uh, pretty much all, everyone... 
present and accounted for with the exception probably of us and maybe a couple other people because um, it is all business right now for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, considering the last time we heard from Bones, I guess he was in and around the draft. Uh, but, you know, I'm uh, really looking forward to hearing what the tone from uh, from him. And, of course, maybe giving you the credit, as uh, B.A. said in the chat, as the first guy to uh, get to the Jets training camp lines in the Winnipeg media. Well done on that. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do here. We talk about what the lines are going to be, and we're all excited for camp. Shout out to Mike McIntyre putting out this picture of the scrum, and uh, Rick Bonus very excited to get things going here. Um, as you know, for him, it just doesn't have that getting to know you part of training camp. He knows everyone, except for, you know, the new guys um, from L.A., but he knows, you know, who the players are, and I think part of that last year was, okay, you know, I want to know what we're dealing with coming into the situation. They got off to such a great start. really fell off the rails uh, mid-January after that trip to Montreal. And hopefully they can replicate you know, the success they had in the first half of the season, but carry it all the way through. Um, you want to have hear Rick Bonus's opening remarks here from Campus? We definitely do. Uh, right off the bat, Bones coming out of the gate. Um, just, uh, you know, with his usual energy, um, talking about uh, his level of excitement to get camp going now in year two as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. And every time you get into training camp, it's, it's, it's a very exciting time, even for an old guy like me. I still love coming to training camp. And I love the end of the summer so we can get back on the ice. Uh, I'm looking very forward to working with this group again and with the new pieces that we have. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll go through training camp where we don't know a lot about them. I've watched enough video from them from L.A., but they play a different system than we play. Uh, I do know this, and this is the most important thing, is that they all want to be Winnipeg Jets. And I, I just love hearing that. And they're all good players. They're all good people. And they're very happy to be here in Winnipeg. They're very proud to be a Winnipeg Jet. And that's the most important thing. So we look forward, very forward to working with them. All right. So uh, AI, Velarde, Campari, obviously making a nice impression on Rick Bonus early on. Um, you know, with their level of excitement to be here. You're, I mean, listen, there's always that... In the background, people wondering about players that get traded here, maybe aren't here voluntarily, um, you know, right off the bat as to how they'll fit in and how they'll handle it. Um, and I think, I don't, wouldn't say that's a surprise at all, Remus, considering what we heard from Ayafalo and Velarde in particular since they uh, became Jets. And, and, and the other question about this is, you know, and it'll be, I guess we'll kind of find out, we'll see how the vibe is. Um, you know, going into uh, the official on-ice sessions. I mean, last year was very different, and the first thing Rick Bonus did was strip the C off Blake Wheeler's chest. This year, it's the exact opposite. They put the C on Adam Lowry's chest, though welcoming in three new players. Um, obviously, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler are no longer with the club. But I really am interested to see how the guys coming over from the Kings fit in right away, certainly where they end up as far as who they're playing with, but also how, you know, some new influx of blood from another organization and a big deal can, you know, maybe alter or change the makeup and the chemistry of this team overall up front. Yeah. One thing for sure. I think, you know, normally when you do these um, trades or you trade one player for three, I feel like the, you know, the team getting the best player, 
the one is usually getting the better. But I do think this trade really helps the Jets. You know, Gabe Velarde certainly comparable in terms of goal scoring to Dubois. If you look at goals per game or um, goals per 60. And then you add in Alex Alfalo, who's kind of the player that they need. A guy who's not afraid to go into the corners, you know, strong defensively. And Rasmus Kupari adds additional depth. They have him on the fourth line. Mike put out these lines yesterday. They were pretty similar to mine. Um, and look, you have Velarde with Connor and Shafley. That's how they're going to start. I foul with Lowry and Appleton. And this was, you know, what we thought it was going to be. And Rick Bonus said, yeah, this is basically uh, what we have. And we're going to start. I mean, you're going to start with this and then go from there. Um, you know what? We got. We're gonna chop this up and uh, see how Dan Robertson's summer was and how he's looking forward to the upcoming season in just a minute. Um, but you know, we'll be talking about these new guys come to the Jets. So why don't we play this clip from Bones before we bring Dan on? Um, and and again, all of this. And I was joking with this. This is training camp lines. I mean, a lot can change in the preseason. Never mind before we get to the regular season. Um, but where things are going to start out, at least, where's Gabe Velarde fit? What sort of role they're going to have for Alex Iafalo? Where do they see Rasmus Kapari play? All of that was touched on by Rick Bonus, who uh, sort of went over his vision for where the new Winnipeg Jets coming over in the Dubois trade will end up. We, we've got to figure out where they where they're where they're going to fit best. Uh, we're going to start training camp with with Gabe on right wing with Mark and and KC and see how that works. We'll start Alex with uh, with Lau and Apple and we'll see how that works. And um, yeah, and Erasmus will start uh, in the center on that fourth line. But again, we don't. He may move up. We don't know a lot about him because he wasn't used a lot in in in, in LA. So. We're going to give uh, all those three a great opportunity to find the chemistry with the right guys, but we're certainly going to give Rasmus a lot more ice time so we can figure out exactly what we have to work with. All right, so there's Bones, and uh, here's one other quick one to uh, kind of lead into our conversation with Dan. We've been talking all summer, some of us longer than others, about who the number two center is going to be. Um, Bones talked about Cole Perfetti getting that opportunity this morning. Well, I do know when I came in last year, they told me we drafted Cole as a centerman. Now, with with Mark and Dubian trying to get Cole the correct ice time with the right people, uh, we had to put him on the wing. But now with Doobie gone, there's an opening there. And we drafted him as a centerman, and we're going to give him every opportunity to, to play center. All right, so there's Bones. I'm talking about Cole Perfetti and the new players on the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to get to that in just a minute with Dan Robertson, voice of the Jets on TSN, which will be broadcasting 60 games to Winnipeg Jet fans as they just announced the broadcast schedule yesterday. Just before we bring in Dan, a big thanks to Modern Man Barbershops for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Man has got you covered, fellas, with eight locations in Winnipeg, one conveniently located near you, including the newest locations on either Pembina Highway or Plessy Road, Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look at any of the eight locations via modernmanbarber.com. And don't forget to give them a follow on Instagram as well. Some great contests popping up there every now and then at Modern Man Barbershops. Well, what a glorious day it was yesterday. I was looking out there, dudes jet skiing on the river and I have a feeling a few people were getting back into pool mode. Now, unfortunately, pool mode's finishing up, but we know that Aquatech are the leaders in above-ground and in-ground pools. 
If you're planning on one for next year, you can certainly talk to the experts at AquaTech that. What you might not know is that they're also the experts in home renovations with thousands of rentals as their foundation. Uh, if you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, AquaTech can help you with all of that. Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And as we do make the turn into fall and getting closer to winter, Donnie and the great team at Manitoba Battery have been powering everybody's summer, whether it's uh, boats, uh, sea-doos, ATVs, campers, batteries for everything. Well, now it's time to make sure your car, your truck battery is ready to go. If you are in need of a new battery to get you through the harsh Winnipeg winter, Manitoba Battery will allow you to shop local, get the best price in town, and not even leave your home to go get it. Because, of course, with any purchase over 60 bucks, Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free inside the city of Winnipeg. It's that easy. Beat the pants off the big box stores with the pricing. Don't waste your time in the Costco parking lot. Manitoba Battery has you covered. Order online and check out everything they've got going at manitobabattery.com. Give them a phone call or pop by and see them if you're in the neighborhood at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Canadian Club, official sponsor of the Bombers. No Bomber game this weekend, but they're back Friday, September 29th in a Grey Cup rematch against the Toronto Argonauts. The CC will be flowing in the rum hut and throughout IG Field as Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And you can also pick up the great taste of Canadian Club and ginger in pre-mixed 473 milliliter cans available at your local beer store as well. All right, training camp officially underway tomorrow. Heard a little bit of Rick Bonus earlier. We'll have more of Bones and Kevin Chevalier off later on in the program. But right now... Getting ready for another season behind the mic calling Winnipeg Jets hockey. Dan Robertson of TSN joins us. Dan, what's up? How was your summer? It was great. It was long, uh, which I won't complain about. I really <laughs> I didn't do much uh, after the Jets uh, finished the regular season. Did a couple of uh, WHL games with Kevin Sawyer, and that was great. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. How was yours? It was awesome. I mean, uh, we, we run a short bench here on Winnipeg Sports <laughs> Talk with myself and Michael, so... Um, hey, listen, it's been fun following the Bombers and obviously the Jets offseason. Uh, we had a great few days in Nashville covering uh, everything that was happening at the NHL draft. So, listen, it's been great. The weather's been gorgeous. Uh, but now it's time to get back to the rink. And uh, I think everyone looking forward to, uh, um, you know, seeing what this team has for us to begin the season, uh, as well as a number of storylines that honestly haven't changed very much, Dan. Um, you know, with the uncertain futures of Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, a very busy, a very packed blue line um, with a number of players battling for ice time and spots on the roster. Um, but certainly, heck, it's great. It gives us lots to talk about as we uh, get ready for the real thing. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting today. I was actually able to get out and, and listen to Rick speak and I liked what he had to say. I'm, I'm glad that he sort of lined out, and we would have known tomorrow anyway what he expects the lines to look like, at least the top three, and that he's going to give Kapari a, a shot at center in the fourth line. Uh, I'm like a lot of different people. I'm eager to see how Cole Perfetti can do. I mean, what a great opportunity for him. So for me, that's one of the big, uh, real big storylines coming into camp. And, you know, like he said all the right things that, that to expect a lot of skating, to expect the difficult camp. One thing... 
that Rick said that I, I thought was interesting. And I kind of felt it last year. He said, because of the schedule, we didn't get a chance to practice enough. And maybe, you know, observers like me kind of forget how important that is. But uh, he said they expect to be able to practice more this year and get the details uh, a little more um, under control. So uh, it'll be uh, they'll be full of uh, vinegar to start tomorrow for sure. <laughs> no doubt about that. You know, Dan, um, I mean, there was a lot of questions about the futures of a number of players when we got conclusion to in Nashville. Um, with the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, what did you uh, what did you think of the return coming back from LA? And uh, um, you know, how do you think that those three new players coming into the mix in that top twelve in different roles might uh, might change and what they'll bring to um, to the team, both on the ice and in the dressing room? Well, first of all, I, I thought they got a good return uh, considering considering Chevalier's hands were tied a little bit. So it should make them a little bit deeper. Uh, I mean, arguably it will in a sense. Uh, so I, I'm interested to, to see, I mentioned Rasmus Kapari a few minutes ago. I'm interested to see what what he has to show. Uh, I, I think anytime a, a guy is uh, an ex-first round pick, I mean, for me, that, that kind of raises a flag and you think, okay, there's there's something there. Maybe he just didn't get a chance to show it in Los Angeles. Or maybe he had the chance to show it and didn't earn it. Maybe he's at the age now where he can earn it, but uh, it makes sense that they'll they'll give him the start of the fourth line center. Uh, I look at I follow and and just the the line that Rick talked about today with Lowry in the middle and Appleton on the right. If they can stay healthy, and we know that Appleton struggled with that last year, I think that could be a really good third line, tough to play against, and they can chip in offensively. Uh, I'm I'm eager to see Velarde too. There's another guy. All these guys are getting real opportunity, right? Velarde. So it looks like, well, he is going to start on the first line of right wing. So uh, that's intriguing. Uh, had a good uh, good season last year with goals scored and kind of turned a corner. Um, you, you know, with Dubois gone, uh, it does, as we said, uh, raise a question down the middle. Um, can Perfetti hang on to that number two spot or, or can he be effective there? Uh, without the puck, I think, is the biggest question. And, you know, we know with Adam Lowry now with captain, that could change, should change the leadership dynamic. Wheeler's not there. Dubois not there. How does that change things in the room? Uh, I'm not sure if we can tangibly see that. But all of those things that we're talking about, um, you know, make make for some interesting storylines heading into the season. No doubt about it. And, and, I mean, just on what you just mentioned there at the end, I mean, like, and we've kicked this around lately, like the departure of Blake Wheeler. What does that do to the group? I mean, they obviously felt it was important because – they had to cut a check for what five and a half million dollars to do that, and he's going to be playing. And he was very productive last year. I mean, he did have fifty-five points, um, but I think this is, in a lot of ways, the official passing of the torch to a new generation of leaders. And uh, I'm interested. I mean, you're around the team all the time, and you know, you see what's out there. You also see things behind the scenes. I mean, I. Every single person I've talked to within the Jets organization, in and around them, people in hockey ops, people outside of hockey ops, speak so highly of Adam Lowry about, you know, how he treats others. And then you hear people, he, he in a lot of ways, Dan, I think was sort of that bridge between some of the younger players and the more veteran players. And, you know, while is he a hundred point scorer, like often is the captain on some points? No, I'll tell you what, he was one of, if not the best player in the playoffs. And, um, uh, interested in your perspective on Adam 
getting the honor of being the captain and uh, how he'll fit into that role and, and the effect that'll have on the team. I think it's great. Uh, when I got here last year and Kevin Sawyer and I started talking right away about the team and he said, you're really going to like Adam. He's salt of the earth. And I thought, yeah, okay, that's, you know, you hear that about certain people, but just from my own perspective, I mean, right away, he, he always has time to speak with you, always looks you in the eye, always calls you by your name, little things, but you know, it, you get an idea of the guy's character. And then, you know, you mentioned what he did in the playoffs and down the stretch too, when they needed wins, I can remember a game uh, in Nashville when he scored a big goal to help them uh, get a win. And, and just the thing, I mean, fighting Ryan Reeves, we all know um, uh, what Adam did along those lines just this past year. So that might so have that, been the moment, Dan. I mean, I just yeah. remember that video of him coming back and, and maybe we just got a chance to see that because their social team did such a great job of sort of documenting that moment yes. and brought us kind of behind the scenes. But, I mean, we have talked about it. I mean, because listen, this was a two-horse race, if you ask me. Josh Morrissey, Adam Lowry, you couldn't go wrong either way. But I kind of think that that moment, and, of course, that was the night that they clinched the playoff spot, if I recall correctly. That was a big, big part. And I think, if anything, that might have cemented 17 for the, uh, the role of Winnipeg Jets captain. Well, it certainly didn't hurt, did it? It, it was, <laughs> I mean, look, people people will scoff at fighting, whatever, but he was answering the bell against the best fighter in the NHL, and he did okay. And even if, if he didn't do okay, that's all right. He showed up, and and that's what he's about. And then, you know, I learned, too, that just what kind of a person he is, just, I, I guess, by, by a word of mouth uh, in the community, and all those things carry weight. But, you know, the, it'll be interesting. Now the dynamic, that leadership dynamic has shifted. I mean, uh, there were guys, I don't want to say in Wheeler's camp, you know, whatever, but that 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 sort of uh, uh, presence won't be there now. So it's kind of the, the turning of a new page. And, and it's funny, too, before they named him the captain, I, I thought certainly that he should be. And I wondered, and it was interesting to listen to different people talk about it, does your captain have to be a guy like Morrissey who puts up a lot of points or, you know, pick a, pick a star player on a team, a Stamkosa, a Crosby? Well, I don't think it does. I mean, this is a natural fit. So how that shows itself on the ice, um, I'm not sure. But it's obviously, well, I say obviously, I believe it's a really good move for the Jets. Dan Robertson, voice of the Jets on TSN with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, well, Dubois gone. Shifley's still here and Kellebuck's still here. And we'll probably hear from those guys tomorrow. And I imagine that, I mean, if they're not already sitting down and uh, doing a powwow with Scott Brown about how everything's going to be handled, I'm sure that will happen beforehand. Um, and I think it's the best case, in the it's in the best interest of everyone if, you know, you sort of just couch those conversations. There's not much players can really do while they're here. But what do you, how do you think that this might, um, you know, it, if it continues to go on expiring contracts with always the potential of a potential trade, what do you think that does to two guys that, let's not forget, are in their contract years and have every reason to have the years of their career considering they'll be signing a new contract somewhere, whether it's Winnipeg or elsewhere at the end of the season? It's fascinating to me, and I want to get your opinion on this too. So and what you said, just said, makes sense, right? So both of those guys know that uh, their contract is up this year and they could be in, they will be in for a big payday next year. I don't know if A... Does that affect their approach from from day to day? I don't think, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I don't think they're sitting around saying, "Well, uh, I can sign a new contract next year, so I'm going to work harder this year than I did last year." If you know what I mean, it's I, you do have to wonder about that. Or 
you know, I guess on the flip side, say if you look at Shifley, he gets off to a, a bad start and there's no indication that'll happen. But does that start to to play on your mind? You know, I, I wonder, do you do you think we put too much stock in in expiring contracts and, and you know, saying, well, this guy's going to have a better year or try to have a better year because uh, his contract is up this year? You know, it's an interesting it's an interesting question. Um, and I think it's sort of different between the two guys. Right. Like Hellebuck is a goalie. I mean, he's as driven as focused as an individual. And to be honest, I think, I don't think anything's changing with Connor. I think he probably has in the back of his head um, that, you know, he wants to continue to be doing what he's doing. Um, but listen, he's one of Vesna trophy. He's very much established. Um, listen, I, I, I don't think that, you know, to your point, I mean, he won't be preparing anymore. I mean, you know what you're getting every night from, uh, from Connor. Shifley's situation is so is fascinating is a perfect word for it because um, he is a guy that you know is coming off a career high forty two goal season and it didn't seem like there was a, a significant market for him out there at least as to what would be expected for that and you now whether that's something that resonates with him whether he's asking his questions as to why that might have been the case. Um, I'm not sure, but I do think that the way the last couple seasons have ended, certainly what happened last year over the last weeks of the season with him being moved off of center. And, you know, we certainly, we talked about that a lot. I think it shows that in some ways, even for a guy that's had as great of a career as Marcus had, I kind of think that he really does have something to prove that he can be a super productive player, but maybe give a little bit more attention to, frankly, the things that help the team win that might show up on the score sheet because that matters to other teams. As much as, you know, if you're just going to contract arbitration, more often than not, they're going to look at the numbers. And I mean, listen, some people that might not be as big of fans of Mark might think that, you know, in the past he's shown signs of being a selfish player. Well, what does that do to a guy that is so focused on numbers in a contract year? I mean, it can go a few different ways. And that interview tomorrow from Mark, uh, I think will be, the one that most observers of the Winnipeg Jets will be most interested to hear. And I have every reason to believe that he's going to say the right things. And I really do hope that maybe getting away from the situation and realizing both the opportunities that he's had, but, you know, some of the things that have happened in the past might, I mean, it's certainly best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets if he does acknowledge all of that and come in, you know, with an attitude that what is good for the team is also good for him and um, go out and and be the number one center that he's been for a long time, and um, and do it in in all areas of the game, as I say, because you know that'll make Rick Bonus happy, and he wasn't always very happy towards the end of last season, in particular with Mark. Oh, it's it's fascinating. And does he come in here and feel slighted that he didn't get? I, I don't want to say considered to be captain, but that the C is not on his jersey. Does that bother him in, on any level? You would think so. And with Dubois moving along, I mean, Pierre-Luc uh, was good in his own end last year. We heard, and more than just last year, but we heard Rick, when Pierre-Luc was playing really well, say what uh, what we're not focusing enough on, or maybe the fans or observers aren't, is how good he is in his own end. So can Shifley pick up some of that slack, right? Because now Perfetti is the number two center. Well, you know, Cole's not nearly as big. To put make that comparison with Dubois, um, how strong can he be in his own end? So will the defensive responsibilities fall more on Mark's shoulders? Um, 
you know, uh, this year than last year. So, you know, we've used the word fascinating a couple of times. It certainly is. And, and you know, will he say tomorrow, I'll address the fact that this is the last year of my contract today, and then that's it. Maybe so. Maybe that's for the best. But um, it's, it is it is really, it's it's like a league-wide story. And everybody, say everybody's keeping an eye on it, but it is, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and just to see, I think, how Shifley gets out of the gate. He was firing last year and, uh, you know, 42 goals, and still there were some downsides to his game. So he's always a, a pivotal player in this organization. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's just so important. And, I mean, that is the, uh, the other thing. I mean, if anything that can bring out the best in Mark um, is huge for the Winnipeg Jets, and, and that in a lot of ways, and it's a good thing Rick Bonus has all the experience that he has under his belt um, because – that that is a is a big challenge from the coaching staff. Um, and you know, part of it, listen, everyone knows how talented the guy is, and you put him out on the power play or play with some good players. I mean, there's gonna be points. But in the absence of Dubois, in the aftermath of Blake Wheeler going, how does this team come together? How much does he feel a part of it? Um, I think is all very, very important. Um, but at the end of the day, getting that buy-in from everybody in the locker room to do those little things and be a little bit more committed to the things that might not show up in all the highlight reels, but help your team win hockey games um, is certainly going to be Arnie and, uh, and bones is um, number one, number one priority. Well, we mentioned kind of taking care of things in their own end. Of course, the last line of defense is the goaltender. We know about Connor Hellebuck, but a lot of familiar faces coming back in the defense core, young players trying to get spots on the roster, players that were in the lineup last year. I mean, that established top six, the guys that were in the press box, it's crowded on the jet blue line, Dan, what do you make of the, um, the makeup right now, I guess of the jets depth chart when it comes to defense, knowing that there could be some very, very tough decisions barring any sort of player moves before final cuts. Well, I'm going to say I, I stole from Marat. I read, read his stuff in the athletic all the time. He made uh, some good points recently about, and a lot of folks have been talking about Declan Chisholm, that he's out of options, uh, that he uh, would have to clear waivers to go back to Manitoba. I don't know enough about Declan at all, just to, to see what people are are uh, writing about him and saying about him, that he's been very strong with the Moose. Um, I I don't know. Look, I look at Vili Anila as well, and is there enough there for him to, to supplant someone on defense? Can he show enough in training camp? Is it already a foregone conclusion that, that blue line is set. Uh, I almost think that way, right? It's it's funny because maybe in a sense there's some guys that you might like to trade to give some young guys more of an opportunity, but, um, you know, there's some contracts there that might hamstring the Jets. So I, I really don't – I don't see many, many changes at all. Um, can somebody step up? I mean, it, just to me, with respect to those defensemen, there's Morrissey, and then after that there's a, a fairly big drop-off. So there's – there's, I think there's depth, but uh, the high-end quality uh, would have been good, uh, I think, had they been able to you know, procure a, a, not a top-end defenseman in the Dubois trade. I think that might have been too much to ask, but somebody who has that sort of potential. But, I, you know, I kind of see it as like it's like Marat wrote uh, that uh, uh, Chisholm's kind of the 
Kovacevich of last year. So uh, we'll see, but I don't, I don't see any big surprises heading toward the regular season. Yeah. And I mean, Declan, you know, has played so well in Manitoba for the last couple of years. And I mean, we kind of did some digging when we were out in Nashville, asking people around the league, especially ones that got a pretty good handle on the AHL and prospects as to, you know, whether Declan, Declan Chisholm would be able to be snuck through waivers if he wasn't, you know, in the starting lineup. And, um, there was no one that would confidently say yes. We saw what happened last year with Johnny and, you know, it's what Declan's shown at the AHL level, drafted and developed. You would hate to lose a player like that without ever really getting a chance to see them at the NHL level. And I would imagine that might mean, you know, a tough uh, call for Kyle Capabianco, who was a good soldier last year doing everything that he was asked. Now, he's on a one-way deal this year, so he'll he'll still get the NHL paycheck, whether it will be with Winnipeg, whether it will be in the American League, or whether there's somebody else that would jump on Capabianco. Um I think he would be the one more replaceable player when you're talking about some young players. And yeah, for Vili, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's it's a tough situation because it's hard to imagine what he could do to force his way into the lineup, which would then necessitate making some sort of a trade or again, then losing a player off on waivers. Uh, bottom line is we know this, Josh Morrissey is going to be the leader of that blue line. But I do think, I, I'm of the opinion, Dan, that Neil Pionk, a big bounce back season for Neil, and he joined us on the program last week or the week before, was very much looking forward to getting going. Um, if we could see more of the Neil Pionk closer to the guy two years ago that earned that four-year extension, I'm not sure there's a player on the back end that could have more of an impact on uh, the positive fortunes of the Winnipeg Jets than Neil because, I mean, he, he is in a position where he is playing significant minutes, important matchups, um, and I'm quite intrigued to see, especially if he's able to play with Declan Chisholm, the, the or, uh, Dylan Sandberg, I mean, uh, that Hermantown connection, what that pair could do. But I think a lot is on the shoulders of Neil Pionk, but also opportunity for him to really be uh, uh, a big benefit if he can kind of get back to playing near his ceiling. Yeah, there, there were some struggles for Neil. There were high points too, right? Uh, I can remember early, he scored an overtime goal in Colorado. So you, you see the pieces there, or the the quality of his play, but can he kind of keep that up for the entire season? You mentioned Dylan Sandberg, and and it was interesting, I thought, to watch last year his his progression from. Uh, I think you could see his confidence grow. Uh, there were times uh, as the season went on where he would have the puck, and maybe early in the season he would have fired it off the boards or just you know made a pass, uh, and he. As the season went on, you could kind of see his confidence grow. So he'd carry the puck a little more. And I really liked his poise. So I don't know what his ceiling is, but uh, I mean, he's under contract and and he's in a good spot too. Again, you talk about opportunity. And I think anytime you go into training camp, you're you're looking at young guys and there's players in every team who, if there's ice time for them to earn. And I kind of feel that way about Samberg, uh, who – as we said, uh, had a pretty pretty good year last year. So, um, you know, there is depth on that blue line. Who's going to step forward and, and, you know, get uh, more important minutes? Maybe Sandberg is one of those guys. And you mentioned Capobianco, I should say. And it was a small role he played last year, but anytime he stepped in, he was really good. So those guys are valuable to have around too. Yeah. Um, and listen, I mean, and that's not an easy role. I mean, no. you're – happy and you're thankful to be in the National Hockey League but I mean when you're doing the bag skates after the morning skate every day and uh, you're in the press box eating popcorn and 
I, it would be easy not to feel a part of the team. It certainly seemed like he did. And I'll give him credit, Dan. When he did go into the lineup last year, sometimes after long, extended periods of time in the press box, I thought he really acquitted himself well. I mean, he he was not hurting the Jets when he was out there for the most part. That's for sure. No, and you think about it too. Those guys, okay, so his year last year, and I remember talking with him in Calgary. He had played a game uh, not long before that. I said, you're, you're really good. I said, you know, I know it's tough for you to get into the lineup. He said, well, he said, I know what my situation is, right? He's, he's no fool. But uh, they were fairly healthy on the blue line last year. I mean, I remember Schmidt got hurt, uh, and obviously Morrissey got hurt at the end. But those guys are they're good to have around um, when the injuries strike, and we all know that can happen. I, you know, Kyle Capobianco isn't going to uh, make a, a huge difference, I don't think, with respect to him with his organization. But uh, as I said, those guys are, are valuable, and he's a he's a piece at uh, the puzzle, trying to get more minutes, just like a lot of them are. You know, uh, um, obviously, we just finished up uh, following uh, the Young Stars tournament out in Penticton. And while I think it is an incredible long shot for any of those young players, I mean, the recent picks, to be making an impact, at least early on this season, you never know what can happen with injuries or the way things go out of the gate. Um, But in addition to focusing on what we project to be the NHL roster, another side of training camp, Dan, is going to be a really exciting group of young players, including Colby Barlow, who was just picked in Nashville, uh, Brad Lambert, who seems to have really taken steps over the last year, Chaz Lucius, the Swedish defenseman Elias Salmonson. Um, we probably won't be talking about those guys as much in a couple weeks, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how they equip themselves in the scrimmages and the practices, as well as hopefully some early season, preseason action, because I think, 365 days from right now, we'll be talking about a number of those players, potentially even including Rucker McGrory, who was not here in Michigan right now, as being guys that are in the mix to try and take jobs with the big club. Yeah, that's that's a good point that you make. I think the Moose are going to be really interesting this year. Uh, I got a chance to see more of Lambert in the, in the WHL final, and obviously the speed and the skill really stood out. And if you remember back last uh, – Training camp, he had he had a good preseason, right? Scored a couple of goals. I can remember. I think it was Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> he, he came in one time and split the D against the Oilers, and it was it was like, okay, this kid's got some skill now. Uh, can he put it together? That's that's the thing, right? You, it's tough to be patient with young players. You almost say, okay, they have Lambert, they have Lucius, they have these guys, Chibrikov. I want to see them now. Well. It, it doesn't always usually doesn't work that way. They have to put their time in and and learn to become pros. So it's going to be kind of an added bonus, I think, for us this year to kind of keep an eye on what they do at those lower levels. And look, it's I don't think there's anything. You look at a guy like Lambert. What's he going to do? He comes in and scores two goals in every game that he plays in the preseason. Well, he's not going to make the team, right? You're not going to put him on the fourth line to, to play right wing. So they'll have to bide their time. But um, it's it's fun to watch. Just to see the guys, even though they've been through a camp before, a guy like Lambert, uh, to see the enthusiasm that they bring to preseason games. And and hopefully, as you said, they do play well. And that might help get them off to a good start when the regular season begins. Well, and I think the organization may be telegraphing a little bit of what's to come or what these players are going to and where they'll be at this year because we saw Lambert getting plenty of time in the middle at center. We saw Lucius as well. And I think figuring out 
who are going to be the guys that have sort of been in those Dubois and Shifley positions for the last couple of years into the future is also a big part of that. Dan, before we go, you mentioned the WHL final. Our dearly, dearly departed Winnipeg Ice were there against the uh, the T-Birds with Brad Lambert. Um, and, of course, Thomas Millich as well, the goaltender that the Jets picked that's looked quite good so far. How was uh, how is that doing those games? And uh, just what do you remember about that series in particular from uh, the young men that we'll see in training camp this week? Well, it was great. And just to go back a little bit, my son Clark came out from Nova Scotia to visit uh, during the season, and we actually went to an ice game. And Clark loves the uh, the old Burns, as he as uh, he calls them. So we know it wasn't ideal conditions where the ice played, but it was a really good atmosphere. And uh, to watch Savoie, uh, call him Savoie. There's the there's a maritimer in me. Matthew Savoy uh, plays so well, and, and Vincent. I mean, they it was it was high end. I had hoped um, for my own greedy purposes, I would have got paid more money if the series would have gone longer. I'm thinking, come on, win a couple, of, win more, one more game, and send it back to Winnipeg. We just did the the middle three games in Seattle, but uh, there was so much quality on both teams. It was a blast for Kevin and I. We were way down in the corner of the rink in in Seattle calling the games, so it was tough to see at the other end, but. Uh, if you look at what Seattle had, I mean, that was a, a stacked lineup. I, I didn't know much about the other teams in the Memorial Cup. I kind of thought they'd win. Quebec obviously eked it out in the end. But if you look at a guy like Milich, I mean, everybody said it. It's true. All he has done is win. And he was high quality in those three games that we saw. Actually, I saw the, the first two games here, too. So the, the five games that I saw, I was really impressed. We know what he did at the World Juniors. So you're talking about young guys. DeVicentis uh, will get a look at camp as well. And again, these guys are going to play right away, but they are quality players. So uh, it's, I used to call a lot of junior uh, back in the Quebec League when I was younger, and I loved it. And there's there's always something uh, special for me, almost something pure about junior hockey. I love seeing it. And that was a real thrill. As I said, I wish it would have gone seven, but uh, the, the three or the, the five that I saw were really good. Yeah, and uh, and you just on Milich in particular. I mean, what a weird story. I mean, he has been like all he's done is play at a really high level and win. And for whatever reason, he's been overlooked. And now the Jets have grabbed him. He he came in. He's got the moose mask already, so he seems very committed to earning a spot there with the American Hockey League team and being just a call away. And uh, I mean, goalie. What do they say? Goaltending is voodoo. I mean, they're very difficult when given Levi top prospect for Buffalo this year. He was a seventh-round pick. Uh, DiVincentis looks like the Jets maybe have uh, struck a little bit of gold in that seventh round, and we'll look forward to see what they have. Dan, great to have you back on the show. Welcome back. And uh, even had some nice weather for the uh, return of both players and broadcasters to Winnipeg here in late September. This is crazy. I checked the forecast before I came, and I thought I had to double-check it. I thought, wow, it's in the, like, the low to high 20s all week, so... Uh, the, the Maritimes when I was there this, this summer, the weather was awful. So, so I will take it. And, and I'll say too, I, I'm pretty much done having to make that drive from the East to Winnipeg. I can only see so many rocks and trees and, and, uh, it's a grind. So I, I think, I think I need a, a couple of more days rest until I feel ready to go. It's a beautiful country, but it, it sure is a big one. You got out in time, uh, to uh, miss the hurricane. I did. Um, it, listen, it was scary because this time last year, a, a bad hurricane hit Nova Scotia. And I remember talking with with Rick Bonus, who, who's from there and has you know has a home there, and that was that was really bad. This time, so where my family is in in 
northern Nova Scotia. They just lost power. Um, there was there was no flooding. I know there was some in Halifax and that sort of thing, but being on the Atlantic shore, that's something they have to put up with every September, and it only seems to be getting worse, but, but everything was okay. Dan, great to have you back in the peg, and great to have you back on WST. I look forward to seeing you at the rink during training camp, and I can't wait to see you and the uh, gang get fired up for uh, another great season of Winnipeg Jets hockey on TSN. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dan. There it is at Dan TSN. Dan Robertson, voice of the Winnipeg Jets. Great to have Dan on the show. Coming up next in just a minute, the uh, we'll uh, hear what Murat has to say. Great article in The Athletic on all of these big storylines heading into training camp. And we'll get to that coming up in just a few with Murat Atesh. Uh, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market with six Vita Health Fresh Market stores. And of course, online at their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. Looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products, too? Get on down to Vita Health. Gearing up for back to school? Keep up your energy with Health First B12 Supreme. B12 is involved in so many functions of our bodies, like metabolizing carbs, fats, and proteins, which are converted into energy. Health First B12 Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health. And again, if remember, if you can't make it down to any of the Vita Health stores, visit their website at myvita.ca to buy online for pickup or local delivery. Vita Fresh Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Um, <clears throat> I know there's still lots of fencing work being done around here by uh, Wallace and Walls, the fencing leaders. What you might not know is they're also the go-to folks for overhead doors in Winnipeg. And hey. Your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from all the great stuff you were doing this summer with the family. But it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts way more stress on a garage door. And the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. Fellas, how's the closet looking? If you need to up your menswear game heading into uh, the fall and the upcoming season, you need to get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And if you are tying the knot or in a wedding party coming up in 2024, make sure to talk to the guys at F about a 15% discount when the entire wedding party gets suited up at F Apparel. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown, and you can always make an appointment. Find out more online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And big shout-out to Nick and Nikki DQ. We got definitely have blizzard weather throughout this week with these gorgeous temperatures. And good news, we might be sliding into fall, but those summer blizzard flavors are still available at four Nick and Nikki DQ locations, DQ Northgate, Polo Park, Saked Ants, and DQ Niverville. And don't forget, Nick and Nikki just opened up the new Pita Pit in Niverville as well. Delicious, healthy, fast and fresh Pita Pit there for you. Do great catering as well. If you want catering information, hit them up or uh, go to their X account at Pita Pit Niverville. All right. On the eve of training camp, who better to have join us? Then our pal Murata Tesh 
of The Athletic, who's got, as I mentioned, a, a big, big piece right now at The Athletic, uh, looking ahead to training camp. How are you? What's going on? Hey, fresh from the rink, fresh from talking to Bonus and Kevin's shovel day off. It's a good time to be covering hockey. Yeah, what was the, uh, you know, we're going to hear from uh, from both. We had a little bit of Rick, which we're going to get to as well as Chevy, but um, what was the vibe around, I mean, again, training camp hasn't officially started. I mean, the last time we saw Rick in a scrum, uh, it was a little different, I'm sure, than it was today. Uh, just give us an idea about the feeling that you were getting from both Bonus and Shevel Day off and, you know, the organization around the Iceplex before things get going tomorrow. Yeah, I think the goal on both guys' parts were to try to just put the noise aside and focus on the opportunity that this season is. You know, the, the Jets are in win-now mode. Kevin Shevoldayoff repeated that a couple times. I asked him about that. Because you might remember in spring, we asked, like, what's the direction of this team? And he said, well, hold up. We need to evaluate a little bit. Winnipeg is selling itself as in win-now mode. And I think a pretty good part of that is... You know, the same pitch they're making to Mark Scheifele and Connor Hallibuck in terms of ongoing contract negotiations. So I think there's a little bit of optics management there. Everybody wants to know what's going on with those two players and Winnipeg's other expiring contracts. But, you know, Shovel Day Off and Bonus both basically saying, look, they're pros. They're going to handle it. It's not going to be a distraction unless you media guys make it a distraction. That type of deal. And so they put the focus on camp battles, excitement, new pieces, new parts, all that sort of thing. You, you know, just on that, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on Sh- on um, uh, Scheif and Helly um, and their specific situations because God knows we've done enough of that all summer long. But um, assuming those two players talk tomorrow, what are you expecting to hear from uh, Mark and Connor about their situations and the upcoming uh, upcoming season? Yeah, I think the the simplest thing they could do, each of them, would be to say, you know, we're 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 open to staying in Winnipeg, we're having those conversations and what will be, will be, we're here to play hockey and and compete for the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. But at different points in each of their careers, they've been candid, right? I mean, Connor Hellebuck has been willing to say it's about winning or bust. And, you know, he may be willing to say a little bit more direct words about his current situation. He might be able to frame it a little better in terms of what his thought process is at right now. And of course, we'll see, you know, he, when he wants to to shut the door uh, to a puck or to a question line, you know, he, he can do that as well. So I, I expect him to be the more candid of the two. At the same time, Mark Shifley, he's been burnt a couple of times when he's, you know, he was talking two, two uh, exit interviews as a go about, you know, hey, we need to see what's going on with the club and myself before we determine our future. And he heard about it all summer. So I wonder if as much as, this is an emotional moment and an important situation for him that it might almost be tough for him to want to be quite as candid because he's sort of seen what happens in the press when he does speak his mind. Yeah, no, it is a, a great point. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. We'll certainly have it for you here in Winnipeg Sports Talk and and we'll chop it up. But the bottom line is, I mean, it's all systems go for this team. And I mean, while there are many of the same faces back here when you're older, also many new ones and a couple departed ones. Um, how do you think the absence, you know, obviously we got into the Adam Lowry's captaincy um, last week, but the absence of Blake Wheeler and the absence of Pierre-Luc Dubois and the influx of, in particularly up front, the three guys from Los Angeles, do you think it'll seem different than it has been for a group that has been together for quite a while? I mean, how significant do you think the changes will be 
just to the identity of the team, atmosphere around it with the captain, but also those two guys being gone and the new guys being here? Yeah, I mean, I can speak for myself and say that, you know, Blake Wheeler speaking to the media around about this time is one of the first voices that's sort of been a staple of Winnipeg Jets coverage for the last however many years. Sure. And his absence is noted. I mean, it absolutely it is. And, you know, I assume that for the people in the room, they they recognize that he's not there. It might not be. It's hard to perceive the absence of something sometimes, but it might not be the loudest thought that they have in that room. Hey, Blake's not here. Blake's not here. But there are going to be moments when they reflect on that. And there's going to be moments when, you know, they don't reflect it on it at all. And part of that is because it feels like a more open place, a little bit more of a democratic, uh, everybody's voices included sort of atmosphere. I do want to say, Husto, I've talked to players about this kind of over the summer and last year as well. Uh, there is a sense that Blake Wheeler's sort of disposition towards, you know, welcoming voices, making sure the youth were heard, all those sorts of things you know, was in a tough place for a few years, but last year, perhaps knowing the end was coming, um, there was a bit of a change on his part as well. Uh, you know, I've been told by a couple of people, and I and I think that probably the biggest change in room dynamic was, was last year, and then something almost as big could be this year and going forward under Adam Lowry's, uh, you know, sort of more inclusive disposition. No, I, I be, I, I, I'm with you on that. And again, that is something that, um, you know, we'll just see how... Uh, it grew, and I'm not even sure if everybody knows. I think a lot of that is sort of organic and happens naturally if you put, and I think they believe that they have, put the right people in those leadership positions um, and at the same time bringing in some new people that certainly, according to Rick Bonus, um, have really embraced being Winnipeg Jets and this opportunity uh, afforded to them after the trade coming over from L.A. As far as... The way things look on the ice, and again, I was giving Reem brain damage the other day about speculating on training camp lines, and it was fun. But, um, I mean, it, we do get a pretty good look at um, into the mind of Rick Bonus from the way things were set up, and Bones um, said as much today. We'll talk about everything overall, but in particular, let's talk about cent uh, the, the second-line center, which seems to be there for the taking for Cole Perfetti. Um, what did you make of what Bones had to say about that and the challenge for Cole to show that he's ready for prime time playing in that role in a top six scenario for the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, I think this could be one of the best things to happen in Cole Perfetti's career. Certainly health would be number one so that he plays an 82 or close to it in terms of being down the middle. But, you know, Winnipeg drafted him hoping he would grow into a center role um, they transitioned him from wing to center at the Manitoba Moose level as well. He's played this position a lot. It's not just, you know, they're, they're converting a winger back over. Bonus said, uh, you know, that there were a couple of opportunities last year where, for example, when Shikley got hurt at the end there, that, you know, had it Perfetti been around, that would have been an opportunity to move him into the middle. But of course, with Dubois around and with Perfetti hurt um, at just the wrong times, you know, he was moved to wing. I think on the ice... I think it serves Perfetti because his hockey sense will be served. He's not necessarily going to have to be, um, you know, all of the way into, he doesn't have to be the first sport checker in, in terms of his defensive coverage as well, be positioning and reads. If a, if a winger like presumably Nino Niederreiter looks to be lining up with them or, or Nikolai Ehlers, if they're first back into the zone, they can track back and, and play the center's role until they can negotiate a switch. Um, I think, 
that perhaps the play for Perfetti, and not that he'd be thinking about this, but maybe us, think about Paul Stastny when he was sort of losing his foot speed towards the end of his career. He was never a burner, but he was always in the right space via hockey sense. His reads were excellent in the offensive zone, so he was able to use his wingers, put them in good positions to generate offense. And I think that that's the goal and the long-term hope for Cole Perfetti. I think based on the fact that he was a center with the Moose when he was really starting to tear that league up towards the end of his AHL tenure, there's a little bit of reason to believe he can get the job done at the NHL level too. And, you know, um, uh, Murad, I'm not sure whether you had the same sort of observation. I just sort of mentioned this with Dan last segment. But between Cole Perfetti playing and getting this first opportunity to be the 2C, um, to bring in players like Velarde that can play center, but also seeing the way they utilized Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius out at the prospects camp, it's pretty clear that organizationally this the Winnipeg Jets at multiple levels are now looking at the young players that they've got coming up in the pipeline as the next generation of mainstays in a likelihood in this roster and giving them opportunities to both grow and prove that they can play the center ice position because that has been a very constant thing for the Winnipeg Jets for a long time. There's already been one big change with Dubois being gone. Who knows where Mark Scheifele is next season? Um, I think we are on the verge of, of a change at that. And at every level, it seems like guys that have the potential to play center are getting the opportunity to do that. I agree with you. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting thing about how how things change at, 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 different, at different times in an organization's development. Because when it was Mark Scheifele and Brian Little, it was about getting that center that would put them over the top. And you didn't have to worry about what the prospects were doing so, so, so much because it was about, can you acquire a Paul Stastny at the trade deadline? Could Kevin Hayes work out better than he did? All those sorts of things. It was about getting to that next level. You trade Liney for Dubois. And again, you know, Brian Little, his health situation is such that his career is over. But you can look at Winnipeg's future and say, these guys are set. So... If a Cole Perfetti gets drafted as a center but goes to the World Juniors and plays wing every now and again, um, you don't have to fret that quite so much. Now, Winnipeg really needs answers. And it can't be content with, okay, these guys played center or wing in junior, and when they go to that elite level of players their own age, now they're at the wing. Well, Winnipeg has some control over their development in a Lambert or a Lucius because they're going to be at the AHL level with the Moose. They need answers down the middle. They need to give those guys the opportunity to prove that they're capable because if they hit, it solves so many problems. If they don't, at least you know early and you need now you know the information that you need uh, to, to sort of go shopping in and around that as well. I think Perfetti is a great example at the NHL level and probably a good bet for success. What um, We've seen Mark and Kyle, Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele play together at times. I still sort of thought the best Kyle Connor, the most productive, was actually with Pierre-Luc Dubois over the course of this last little bit. And certainly we've discussed the ups and downs defensively of that. How do you think that line looks with Gabriel Velarde and what is on his plate as far as responsibilities of both producing playing with those players, uh, but also maybe trying to add something that helps that line a little bit more on their own end? Well, in the immediate sense, in the just forget about the context of the team sense, Look for triangles. Look for triangles on the ice. And 
one of the reasons why Mark Scheifele loves playing with Kyle Connor is because there might be no better player on the Jets and on a lot of teams in just dipping into that soft area of the ice at just the right time to collect one of Scheifele's passes. He likes protecting the puck with his body, cycling, looking for the right time to pass into the middle. Kyle Connor knows how to get in the middle at the right time for him. I think that's part of why he probably would prefer Kyle Connor as a winger to say Nikolai Ehlers, who's a little bit more chaotic and way less predictable. So I've been watching Gabriel Velarde video playing in Los Angeles, and this speaks to his strength as well. The guy reads off of his line mates really well. Um, what you're going to notice about him, or I think what fans will notice about him, I should say, is a really high level of awareness. If a guy drops his stick on the ice, he knows how to exploit it. If he's attacking a forward who's covered back to play D, he knows that that guy's there. He knows what the lanes are and what angles he can take to get the puck to the net. His release is excellent. And I think that the way that he's going to read off of his line mates is going to suit that sort of triangle offense game that Shifley and Connor like to play. And I think, in a big picture sort of sense, Huss, all of that offense is part of the keep Mike, Mark Shifley, pardon me, keep Mark Shifley in town brigade as well. I think he's got his favorite left winger and a dynamic right winger who can step into space and score some goals for him too. Do you think the Jets are pushing to keep Shifley right now? Like, do, you, do you think that that has sort of changed or is it we'll see what happens? I've been a little surprised at how that conversation around has changed from some people that are in the know. I mean, let's face it, Drager just reporting that. We know where that's coming from. Um, because it certainly didn't seem like that was the case at the beginning of the year. And I mean, I'm not sure whether that is just a pivot to the market, um, because I'm not really sure anything would have happened over the course of the offseason that would totally change where both sides were at um, when last season ended. You know, it's a great question. It's one we don't have access to unless Kevin Sheveldayoff is willing to say it. Um, and it's, or, or Mark Shifley specifically when he talks as well. I got the sense that, you know, when Sheveldayoff was sort of putting the brakes on any declarations of rebuild, you know, in, I guess it was the end of April or beginning of May there when Winnipeg lost to Vegas, that I thought that he would end up shopping Mark Shifley. And I believe that there were conversations about that. At the draft, he spoke to having those types of conversations with other teams as well. But, you know, tried to double down on the fact that Shifley was a big part of the organization, would leave a big hole if if he were absent. And, you know, could there have been an internal pivot based on the market? Maybe. Could it have been an internal pivot based on conversations that they've had with Shifley and their representation? That's also possible. And without them speaking to the point, you know, Shevoldayoff kind of dodged questions about that today. We'll see what Shipley says as well. It's tough to know. What I will agree with for sure is there is very much a sense that, like, this is a conversation that's ongoing and efforts to keep the player, I think, are very real, whereas maybe we used to think that that might not be the case. Yeah, and then again, I mean, uh, I can't wait to hear what you get from Hellebuck. I mean, Hellebuck's always, he's always my favorite guy to listen to anyways, regardless of the topic, but considering... Um, how intriguing his future is and how important he is to the Winnipeg Jets. That is going to be uh, some must-listen-to um, topics uh, tomorrow. Uh, as far as the rest of the lineup goes, you know, we have seen, uh, I've seen, you know, and Mike and uh, when Reem was putting his lines together, uh, we were seeing Nito Niederreiter, or sorry, Alex Iafalo playing with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton, um, you know, who I think, you know, has basically been stapled to Lowry for the better part of the last few years. 
And this is not a knock on Appleton at all, but I did notice that you had Appleton in a fourth line role. I've thought about Appleton in a fourth line role. And I'll be honest, I am I'm really intrigued with the way Adam Lowry played in the last quarter of the season in the playoffs. The addition of an Alex Iafalo, who I think is, I mean, a big upgrade in that middle six role and potentially, uh, you know, a Nito Niederreiter or a Nemetsnikov, um, I think that third line could look a lot different. And with Iafalo coming in, I think might have the potential to be more offensively productive than they've been in the past and potentially maybe even being better on the defensive side of things as well, Murat. I think it's an upgrade for sure. I think that the Adam Lowry conversation gets interesting sometimes because people admire his heart, his you know physicality, and the sorts of things he does to help his team so much that maybe his reputation as a two-way shutdown center is even bigger reputation-wise than his impact, which is also positive. But like I think if you look at his linemate combinations and the results that he's gotten, and that goes all the way back to 2017-18 with Kopp and Tanev, and just the dominance that those three guys had. If you give Adam Lowry at any point from that year to now, quality shutdown two-way line mates on his wings, he can control the flow of play and be a, a, a phenomenal shutdown center, or at least a very good one where you can sort of justify the reputation. If you play him with Carson Kuhlman and Saku Manalainen and Christian Veselainen and you know those combination of players with Mason Appleton as well, though I put him above that group, um, you can look and see, and you know the 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 line is more likely to get outscored, and the and and not as likely to dominate flow of play. The moment Nino Niederreiter arrived at the trade deadline and, and ended up on that line was the moment that Lowry looked like a force as well. And so I know that we're talking, and it's going to be Iafalos getting the first look on that line, but that's quality, and that kind of upgrade is what I think Lowry needs to be a dominant third line center. Well, and, and listen, I mean, uh, you know, everyone seems to love Nito Niederreiter. And as I speculated yesterday, I mean, for all this talk about contract extensions, if I had to bet on a player that would be signing an extension or getting a legitimate offer that makes it turns into a deal, Nito Niederreiter would be the top of my list. Um, but, I mean, the guy scores 20 goals in his sleep. He's done it seven times now. And I know there has been some thoughts about having him with, uh, with Perfetti, um, but in the lines that you put together, you got Perfetti in the middle with Ehlers and Iafalo. And I'll, I'll be honest, Murat, that I had, maybe I hadn't thought as much about that as a possible combination. But to me, I think a player like Iafalo could be hugely beneficial to Cole in the second line center role because it is a new spot for him at the NHL level. And there's a lot of defensive responsibilities that come with that. And to have a guy with a two-way reputation like Ayafalo coming onto that line, I think might be a perfect way to get Cole a little bit more comfortable and frankly have that line with a couple guys that certainly aren't renowned as uh, defensive dynamos to be able to hold their own in their own end or bottom line, hopefully spend more time in the other end. Yeah, you know what? I, I know that Rick Bonus is giving, you know, Nino Niederreiter first crack in that situation and likely I follow first crack on the third line, but and both are both are worthy in terms of helping the team play in the right end of the ice. But I think Nino Niederreiter does it one way, you know, bulldozing of the net, um, being a physical player. Alex I follow is as I wrote at the Athletic in the training camp pre decking the roster and why I put him with beside Perfetti and Healers in that example. 
I mean, his coaches in Los Angeles called him human deodorant. And it was because he cleaned up whatever messes that it, that ever happened on the ice when he was there. Whatever, whatever smelled bad, he could go out and make good. And it's because his hockey sense is what it is. And his commitment to two-way play and defense is what it is. So I'm expecting Ayafalo to be the sort of player that that's going to be consistent first forward back into his own zone. And then not only does he get there, but he'll know how to sort out his uh, his his man and then a switch back to wing if the if the situation allows. Like those are those are important skills. It's not just about being the first guy back. Patrick Line used to be the first guy back into his own zone a whole bunch. But then what happens next? Do you pick up the right guy? Do you win the battle when you do? Um, Nikolai Ehlers would be in a similar boat. He can hustle and get back there, but is the defensive impact going to be the same? His defensive impact is having the puck and, and keeping it the other way. Ayafalo can do a little bit of everything, and I think that his ability to make those reads uh, and make that coverage is going to be a really good bit, a little bit of help defense whenever Cole Perfetti needs it. And that was the theory that I have with him on that line. You know, and then in the aftermath of that LA trade, and you know, we're talking about this team being, you know, obviously someone's got to step in and, you know, produce where Dubois was. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you miss without Dubois in the lineup. But with the three players coming back, um, the ability to to be a deeper squad, to have a lot more oomph in that bottom six, we just talked about that third line. And again, we'll see where Mason Appleton ends up. Um, and again, I can't sit here and tell you I've seen a lot of Rasmus Campari, but um, we talked a lot about him with people that were in L.A., said this is a guy that just needs an opportunity to play regularly. got to tell you, on paper, the Campari appleton Barron possibility for that fourth line seems like a big, big upgrade as to what the Winnipeg Jets were rolling out on a regular basis for the majority of last season. Yeah, it would be, in my mind, the best fourth line that Winnipeg has had in ages. You know, since it was... Probably Matthew Perot was relegated to fourth line duty, and you'd have Yol Armia and Matt Hendricks and what have you. Uh, this is this is a good version of a fourth line that theoretically Rick Bonus should be able to trust to um, to play not only in a lot of situations. He he liked his fourth line for defensive zone draws and things like that last year, but to actually produce with the puck from time to time as well. I mean. There have been a number of fourth line and depth players in Winnipeg over the years whose impact was more that they tried really hard or they were good leaders or they were good in the room and not always that they were good bets to outscore their opposition in the minutes that they had. I think these guys would be that and they're not a you know first line top six capable group but everybody can do a little bit. Morgan Barron was showing a lot of success already on a third fourth line role. Mason Appleton at fourth line is, you know, an overpowered fourth liner. Um, even if I think that, you know, if you, you know, whether it's him or Nemesnikov, even if I, I'm, I'm not sold on 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 Mason Appleton as a middle six guy at this stage, um, at the fourth line level, boy, would he be an overpowered version of that player. Well, and, and you know what? I mean, just having this conversation with you right now, and I mean, looking at the way you set these lines up and what we've been talking about for the last little bit, I mean, yes. Is there going to be maybe even more pressure on the guys at the top to score and to hold their own? Um, like Shifley, Connor, and assumingly it's Gabe Lardy, absolutely. But with the different possibilities that we've talked about for a spot in the top six on that left wing, for a role with Adam Lowry on the third line, and how quality whoever's left is the fourth line, not only do I think the team is deeper, but I think, and I'm sure you hear more of this from Rick Bonus as we go through training camp, 
I think, legitimate internal competition to show that you're maybe deserving of more opportunity and to play up in the lineup. And if you can have a healthy competition that way, um, that's another great way to start off a season and uh, hopefully drive to get the best out of the squad that's been assembled. Yeah, if you want to play the sort of like, you know, puzzle game that is arranging Winnipeg's lineup and you take any given player, you could make an argument for them in a couple of different spots. I mean, okay, maybe Mark Scheifele is your obvious number one center. If you were absolutely rich at center, he was pretty fun as a winger last year as well, even though that was just a bit of an experiment. So that's probably set. Kyle Connor is your number one left wing, probably set as well. But if you go to Nikolai Ehlers, he could be a first line left wing, a first line right wing. He could play left or right wing on the second line. Popper Fetty at center on that second line. I mean, he could be a, a winger in this in any position in the top six. Or if he struggles, he could bump down a little bit. Um, you know, as we saw his minutes get cut at different times last year. I have follow and need a rider. Could be anywhere from the first to third line, depending on what everybody needs. Now, Mesnikov, we've seen anywhere from second line center at times last year. And he could be as low as the fourth line at different times this year, though. I think um, he'll have probably end up used more often than that. And when you have as much, or Gabriel Velarde even, could be a number one right wing, a number two right wing, a second line center, a third line right wing. You know, there's so much uh, that is not set in stone in terms of what these guys can bring and what their ceilings are and what their chemistry looks like. That, yeah, I think it's more fun than, hey, Connor Shifley, Wheeler, and Inc., and then forget about it, you know? Um Matt, this is going to be, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team looks like. And uh, normally I kind of sleep through a lot of the preseason, not this year. I mean, with everyone that's going to be good to go and even getting ready for uh, the on-ice sessions tomorrow and Friday. And of course, Saturday, when we're down at uh, at FanFest. Uh, listen, I, I, we won't need to rehash the defensive logjam right now with all the players that are battling. But I want to ask you about one guy in particular that comes into camp this year in a very different position than he was last year, and that is Dylan Sandberg. Um, I would imagine, I guess, he probably projects to be in that 5-6 pairing. Um, but if we see the, the 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 best of Dylan Sandberg, which continued to grow last year, do you think he might be a guy that plays more top four? And might it be with Neil Pionk, who I know the Winnipeg Jets, and we've talked before, I think has the opportunity to, with a big bounce-back season, be a guy that might affect change more than anyone on that blue line based on what they did last year? I mean, it would be a beautiful story to have two of Hermantown's finest united on an NHL blue What's line. What's the population there? Like 10,000? I think that's it. I think that's it. I was <laughs> there. bizarre. And, like, <laughs> at what point, I love this story. And, you know, Neil Pionk's little brother was hungry at the outdoor rink one time he had forgotten his lunch or something to that effect called a home mom picked up um she's on the phone being like okay so i'm not gonna be able to get down there right away just find one of the moms we know she'll get you your food i'll pay her back all is good is there a mom we know and pionk's little brother looks around yeah mrs samberg is there and so like <laughs> Um, like just to go back that far and that wholesomely i, I mean that would be a fun story it would take Dylan Sandberg taking another step in his development, for sure. I mean, he might be Winnipeg. He's in the conversation for Winnipeg's best shot blocking D already. I don't think he's absolutely got that clear cut, but he was an excellent penalty killer for the Jets last year, and he certainly 
you know, outperformed those third pairing minutes at five on five as well. It's a big leap to step into the top four. And that, that would be an ask. And maybe there's growing pains, but I have to think that based on what he's shown, he's capable of it. And of course, if Neil Pionk is the guy, well, then he's got to take a step forward back to some of his early uh, productivity and, and quality that he showed in Winnipeg as well. Then you'd be, you'd have something to cook with. Uh, and then I guess the other guy that's in a very different situation this year on the blue line is Declan Chisholm, who is legitimately in the mix right now. Is he in the mix for top six? Debate amongst yourselves, but certainly for a spot on the roster. And uh, I'm just interested in what you think about, you know, what is on his plate going into this, what he has to do to show that, A, he belongs on the roster and is too valuable to put on to expose to waivers. Um and then where he might fit in as far as playing into the preseason to show that well, he might not be a day one player, but certainly is part of the future direction of the Chet Blue Line. Yeah, Declan Chisholm is going to have to have one of the best training camps, if not the best training camp of his life, because the goal is to prove that he shouldn't be on waivers. And a guy that played in the NHL last season, whether it's Kyle Capobianco, most likely some people argue for Logan Stanley or other players as well, but really... I think that job comes between him and Kyle Capobianco uh, and who Winnipeg really liked last year. They liked the way he was plug and play. You know, they at one point it was cited to me that they had internal analytics on Capobianco that they valued particularly. And um, to make a veteran coach give up a more experienced player for for a young a young guy like Chisholm, that's a bit of a quest. And I know that we're, you know, it's been a while since we've heard Bonus speak. And maybe I'm reaching a little bit, but Bonus was asked about bubble players and bubble defensemen specifically today. And he said, you know what? This is something he said last year as well. Players eventually play their way off the team. We often, we don't really have to cut players so much as eventually when the level goes up, they end up cutting themselves. And you know who he referenced was he said, we're going to give Chiz and we're going to give Hanela every chance to make this team. And we know with Hanela's lack of waivers like requirement, I would be stunned if he is anything but sent to the moose. And if Chisholm is in a first breath with that name, then you know he's got a long way to go to climb the ladder to prove he, or he deserves the job that I think a lot of his fans say he should. No doubt about that. Well, Murat, um, again, folks, get over to the Athletic Geek. Great training camp. Primer is up, waiting for you right now. And now it's going to be an interesting day with uh, potentially hearing from Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, and more of the Winnipeg Jets and uh, seeing how the squad looks like now that the physicals and the fitness testing is done. And now it's time to get down to business uh, with all these young men looking to earn a spot on the NHL club. Murat, we will see you down at the rink over the next couple of days. Uh, enjoy one more day before hockey season is officially upon us. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Yes. At WPG Marat on X. And uh, if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, I would suggest you do it right now, just in time for the start of the season. Um, all right. I see a lot of comments in the chat about FanFest. And uh, yeah, Remo, uh, Remo, jump on right now here for a sec. Um, you are, there were some questions about WST merch. We will be there, and uh, you've put together a little promo code for folks if they want to uh, pick something up on the website, and uh, we can bring it down to the uh, the fan fest for uh, for pickup. Yeah, a couple of people asking uh, one if we can 
but autographs and pictures was requested. <laughs> Us, that was requested. And yeah, Dallas and Chad's asking if we'll have merch. I mean, it, it, I would recommend going on our website and just buying uh, WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Click up the top, uh, store. And you can use promo code FANFEST, one word. And you can use it on whatever in there. Shout out to Steph, who's been out to a lot of our events. Uh, she picked up a hat yesterday so i'm assuming she'll be at fan fest and come by the booth and uh you know we'll give it to you there so right anyone, on stuff anyone who's interested you know in supporting or repping uh wst we've got a bunch of hats and hoodies uh maybe some other there might be some mugs on there too so uh, a couple people did it for the gold eyes and i brought it to them to you know deliver it if you were going to the fan fest come by and uh, pick something up um this is awesome well um one of the other things that we'll be able to chat with you about if you are uh, thinking about joining the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew for our Jets four-game pack, we'll have information at the booth on it. Um, but again, four awesome games where uh, we'll be getting, uh, I mean, the response has been amazing. And thanks to everyone that's already grabbed your packs. I'm just looking right now. There are There's a threesome left in section 316. And then in 318, we grabbed a couple rows across the aisle. Um, and I think we're down to three in that first row. Um, and then we've got about eight in the second row. Um, the, four, the four games are awesome. We're starting it off on October 17th with the Kings game, Pierre-Luc Dubois' return. McDavid and the Oilers at November 30. Saturday night, Toronto Maple Leafs, HNIC, January 27th. And then... Thursday in April against the Calgary Flames. Every game, we're going to have early entry for people with the WST pack. We're going to gather in the bar right outside our sections, do a couple fun raffles, um, meet and greet with the rest of the crew, and you'll get a free drink, beer, soda, or pop with all of your tickets, with one, like one per game. That's going to be done through the Jets app as well. And we'll do some unique giveaways. So if you're thinking about getting a smaller package, I don't think we could have picked four better games. Uh, you can meet some of the folks that you hear about in the chat every day. If you're a podcast listener um, or meet some new friends, Remo and I will be there for all of them. It's going to be a lot of fun. So WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Hit the link. Uh, there's a link there. There's a link in the description of this video right now. And again, if you want to chat a bit more about it, we'll be there on the weekend to do that. And thanks to everyone that jumped on it. I cannot wait for the 17th of October. All right, we're going to talk more about Rick. Well, we're going to hear more from Rick Bonus, and I think a little bit of Kevin Dayoff as well coming up in just a minute. Um, but let's uh, give a big thank you to our friends over at Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and WST and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road or Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Um, our friends at Consolidated Supply have had a bang up year, um, you know, doing so much within the golf industry, but as they've grown so much more for both residential and commercial customers as the go-to leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, golf carts and club car vehicles, and other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options. 
They're also the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Consolidated Supply can do so many things for you or your business. Pop down and see them at the showroom. Open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East or find out more online at cte.ca. Well, hey, jet season is here. We got new players, new numbers. If you've been holding off, waiting for that jersey, now it's time to get down to Royal Sports. Uh, of course, Greg had said in chat, lots of Lowry's going out the door right now with the brand new C on the chest. Gotta love that. Uh, but maybe you want a Gabriel Velarde, uh, 13, Alex Iafalo, number nine, a new Rasmus Kapari jersey, maybe. They've got it all for you down at Royal. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, tons of great Blue Bomber gear, NFL gear with all 32 teams represented. And of course, for 40 years, the number one hockey superstore in Winnipeg. Get on down to Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for all the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And a uh, big Jays win last night. Big game tonight against the New York Yankees. Thursday night or tomorrow between the Niners and the Giants. If you're looking for a great place to get together with your gang for the big game, it's always your local Boston pizza, ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the Boston pizza feature menu waiting for you. And hey, if you're staying in, you can always get the great taste of Boston pizza by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. Uh, all right, Remo, going to get to a little bit of Bones and Chevy right now as the uh, the shot callers, the decision makers spoke today earlier. We got a couple clips right off the bat from Bones and Chevy, but uh, a little bit more to continue our Jets conversation for the next half hour or so. Yeah, well, training camp starts tomorrow for the Jets where they get on the ice. I noticed seeing, you know, a lot of other teams having them start today where the players are talking, but we're blessed with only Chevy and Bones, and we'll get the players tomorrow. Excited to see that Mark Shifley scrum. We've talked about him all summer <laughs> on our Hellbuck 2, Huss, and shout out to Mike, put out the picture of all the media gathered around, and you want me to just go with uh, Rick, want to start with Rick Bonus here? You know what? One thing, just because we were talking about this before, let's do that Drager clip right off the bat, sure. and then we'll get to Bones and Chevy. Um, this was from Insider Trading. Um, and listen, I don't know. This isn't really groundbreaking or news or anything like that, and I did sort of reference this with Murat earlier, but in case you missed it, um, Darren Drager, we all know, has a very direct line to the general manager's office here in Winnipeg, and here's sort of what Dreg was uh, dropping on insider trading about where things are at with 55 and 37 on the EVA training camp. There have been contract discussions on both players, Shifley and Hellbuck, but right now going into uh, the, the, the training camp process for all these clubs, it's back burner for the Winnipeg Jets and for the players involved here. Despite what the critics say, the Jets believe that they've got a good team and they're in win-now mode. You've got that Vesna Trophy winner in Connor Hellbuck. He can get the job done. Mark Shifley's looking at wanting to have a big year. And some things that need to be clarified. Shifley's never asked for a trade, nor has he said he doesn't want to extend in Winnipeg, but they're going to park it for now and just get the season going. All right. So, uh, you know, and I listen, I think that's sort of the, probably the best case for everyone. Uh, you know, 
listen, hand up. We've talked about it all summer because it has been a huge topic that fans are asking about. What is the future of this team? These are two of the most important players in Jets 2.0 history. Um, But right now, the preseason's coming up next. They're on the roster. It's time to go win some hockey games. And we'll hear more of that from Bones and uh, Shevel Dayoff coming up as we uh, get to some of these clips from their uh, pressers earlier today. Uh, We can just go down from the top, Remo. And we heard a little bit from Bones talking about Cole Perfetti getting the first crack at that number two center position. Um, Rick Bonus also talked about, you know, the difference from last year to this year, um, coming in new last year and here being much more familiar with the majority of the team in year two. It certainly helps that, yeah, I've talked to the guys the last couple of days, like I know their tendencies now. And from an individual standpoint, I know what I'm looking for when I see their game start to slip a little bit. I'm, I'm far better attuned with that. In terms of the, the systems, yeah, it is tweaking. Listen, we're like 31 other teams. We didn't win the Stanley Cup, and that's the bottom line. So we have to tweak a little bit what we do. There's not going to be significant changes. We still want to be a pressure team. We still want to build on some of the really good things we did last year, and, and which which we did. Listen, we went into the year out of the playoffs the year before. Before we made the playoffs. We had to change the culture last year. We changed the culture. Uh, our penalty killing was a lot better. Our defensive play was a lot better. We wanted more offense from our defense. We got that. We wanted 40 goals. We got 46. So we did a lot of good things last year that we will build on. And again, that being said, you can't lose sight of the fact we didn't win the Stanley Cup. We're like 31 other teams. We've got to get better. Uh, we've got to demand more from ourselves. We've got to expect more from ourselves. And that's what we're going to be pushing here in training camp. I actually love that clip from Bones Ream. You know, in some ways, you know, very, sometimes it's easy for people and listen, it's, there's a fickle nature of fandom, I'm sure. And frankly, some of the media as well that will always be focusing on the negative or what is wrong. Um, They did accomplish a lot last year in Rick Bonus's first season. And, And unfortunately, maybe the shine came off of it because I think they exceeded so many people's expectations throughout the first half of the season. And then, unfortunately, we had a little deja vu back to the Maurice era of a real falling off over the course of the last last half of the season. Listen, and they were on the verge of an embarrassing collapse, which would have left them out of the playoffs, but that didn't happen. And I like the fact that Rick Bonus is sort of reminding not only fans, but also themselves those players of what they did last year how they got there and um and moving forward from it yeah i have to agree i think having him you know going into year two you have that year of experience with them it is not that getting to know you period seems to be the better what he's saying is has a better handle on players tendencies and how they play and you know if it's slipping he'll be able to recognize that more quickly and stop it so uh I don't know. Maybe we we do see more of the Jets' first half. It was it's so hard to judge last season, Hus. I mean, you had such a great first like three months. We're like, okay, this is the Jets. They're the first place team. I mean, we that was one of our what biggest is going on. That was one of our biggest shows. And then you know, mid January after that road trip, Montreal, Toronto, out east, um, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Like Chicago, who was openly tanking was better than them and which team are we going to see here i don't think they've taken a huge step back here losing wheeler and dubois and gaining what velarde i you hope cole perfetti nikolai ehlers 
are healthy for the season. Um, but I'm curious how this is going to look here uh, coming into training camp and coming in for the first, you know, we know that they've played well for the first couple months in the last couple of years, but can they sustain that for the full 82? Um, Bones did give all of us uh, quite a parting gift at the end of last season. One of the most incredible 50 seconds in front of a microphone and a couple all-time sound bites after his team was bounced by the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, listen, Bones was ticked for a number of reasons, um, but he had just mentioned he was one of those teams that didn't win the Stanley Cup. Here's Bones on if he feels better about last season after losing to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Knights. Not really. Uh, no, because I didn't like the fact that the first home game we're down 4-1. I didn't like the fact that game four, we have to win this or we're going down 3-1. All of a sudden, we're down 3-1 at home. So um, my job, listen, I didn't come in here to win a popularity contest. And I didn't come in here to worry about my next job. I'm not worried about my next job. My job is to keep pushing this group. And, uh, and that's, that's what we're going to do. Oh, man, another banger quote from Bones. I feel like going and getting the Bones chain right now, Reem. He's uh, getting people fired up, much like he was afterwards. Um, like, I don't know what you think about that quote, but, I mean, he still has a very, very sour taste in his mouth from that playoff series and the way things went. Uh, it's clear it doesn't mean a damn thing that it ended up being to the Vegas Golden Knights who beat three other teams and won the Stanley Cup. It was the way that things happened. And I think it is important to, even with a new team and some new players in, to remember what happened before and to work hard to avoid it. And um, it does seem like that hard lesson against the Vegas Golden Knights that was learned is uh, still very much in the forefront of uh, the head coach. He didn't say pushback there, Hassler. That was the only thing that was missing. He said, we're going to keep, I'm going to keep pushing them and you know pushing them to be better and uh I, he says all the right things uh you know i see a lot of people in chat doing their best of rick bonus from last year as we ever you know you hear him talk and you're just triggered with memories Ian vivian saying pushback t wells bring up the eye roll it's your boy Bruce bring up the quote this is what we're dealing with one of his best lines <laughs> last year so Bones 316 from Eric yeah. uh, Theo. Yeah. I can't even express how awesome and refreshing Bones still is. Derek Schmidt, hook it to my veins. Um, <laughs> listen, this is, uh, uh, you know what? It is great to have the season back. And I'll tell you what, it is great to have Rick Bonus back. I kind of forgot, um, you know, just talking about all these stories without hearing from him regularly, just how much fun it was to listen to Rick throughout last season when he was with us. Well, you're in your lucky day, folks, because we've got more Rick Monas. Um, here's Bones on uh, where he looks to uh, improve the Winnipeg Jets once the season gets going. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep focusing on the defense. We Listen, we went from 29 two years ago to giving up great A's to eighth in the league. That's a significant improvement. Uh, so, but we're, so we're in eighth week. There's Room for improvement, right? There's room for improvement in everything we're doing. We want, we want, we want a better power play. Our power play has to get better. Uh, we want, to, we do want to score more goals. So it's always been team offense, some good team defense, and we'll continue to focus on that. Um, but there's certain things we're gonna we're 
going to try to do more in the offensive zone to create more offense. Like, I think our metrics in offensive zone were 12th in the league. Well, that's not terrible. <laughs> it's not. It's 11th and 12th. So we're, we're in a good spot. Can we get that into the top 10? That's the objective, and that's the, that's the tweaks and the improvements that we have to make to make, get this team to the next level. All right, there's Rick Bonus talking about where he hopes to improve this year. Um, here's the head coach on who steps up with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler, now no longer members of the Jets. Um, well, certainly Nick's going to be out there. There's no question. Uh, we got to keep him healthy. <laughs> we forget that he had some tough injuries last year. We forget about those things, uh, which which affected his ice time. But certainly Nick's going to be out there. Cole's going to be out there. Gabe's going to be out there. And those are things, that, again, until we get out on the ice in training camp and see what the best fit and where the best chemistry is, that those are things we'll be working on. Uh, during training camp now we're probably not going to do a lot of power play the first five days because we just got to get going but after that the power play is going to get a lot of attention for the rest of training camp all right there is uh, more of rick bonus and remo i don't know if you can tell me who asked this next question but credit to whoever it was um 2019 disaster of a second half of the season. This team should have been right there contending for the cup. They were second overall right around New Year's and uh, ended up basically moonwalking um, into the playoffs and losing in the first round to St. Louis. Think about two seasons ago. Maurice leaves this, the Dave Lowry taking on and a lifeless squad that, you know, that missed the playoffs. And then last year, after that incredible start, for the for where the team was in first place in the central division in the new year another really really long stretch of subpar play that threatened their playoff spot in its entirety um rick bonus was asked on the keys to avoiding another second half swoon in january february and march that goes back to what I said. Uh, I, I, I know the players better. I know their tendencies that when they're going good. I know their tendencies, okay, it's starting to slip a little bit. So it's up, and it starts with me. Listen, when the team slips, I'm the coach. It starts and ends with me. So those are the things that I'll be looking for. Okay, each individual player is starting to slip. Then it's my job and the coaching job is to stop it and correct it. So, so again, it goes back to knowing the players better, knowing their tendencies better, the good, the bad, and the things that we'll be looking for to stay on top of. All right, good stuff. And that was uh, our buddy Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun who asked that question, an important one. And, uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what could be more frustrating um, for fans to, to, you know, just to see the way things went last year because it was so familiar, unfortunately. And you could say the same thing about the way the team bowed out in game number five against the Vegas Golden Knights of the playoffs. And, I mean, both of those two key things, I mean, definitely concerning for the identity of a team to happen once, okay, but to have it happen multiple times is concerning. Rick Bonus now gets a second crack at avoiding all of that and now pretty clearly up front challenging himself to be a difference maker and uh, to help the rest of this team come together and uh, not give us any ammo for those conversations in a format like this. That's why it was so hard last year to believe the start of the season and they really sucked you in after three months they were in first place we were all popping champagne and then 
uh, we retreated to that horrible second half, and which is kind of why you were so reluctant to believe in them. But um, after the first half, you had seen that movie before and so many parallels to the 2019 season. And it seems like this is a pattern they've recognized and hopefully they're able to correct it if something like that were to happen uh, this season. It was all... It was all that damn Pierre-Luc Dubois press conference in Montreal where he announced his charity there. After that was the turning point of the season. Everyone knows. Um, uh, last week, it was uh, all about the new captain. If you missed Adam Lowry joining us successfully, uh, the captain was with us on Friday in the show. I think you can see that. It's probably standalone on the, uh, on the site as well. Um, but Adam Lowry will be on the ice tomorrow. I'm not sure whether he'll have a C on his... Uh, chest in training camp but certainly once he finally gets into the preseason there will be a C on Adam Lowry's jersey uh, Bones talked about moving forward with Lowry as the Winnipeg Jets captain well we started that process last year we did when we did we had to take the, the C away from Blake so we achieved what we wanted to achieve with that move as tough a, as tough a call as that was and that was a tough call there's no question but it was the right call and it was the right call because moving forward we opened up the locker room uh, to, to more individuals speaking up uh, we knew at that point they're probably going to going into this year hopefully we're going to be in a position to name a captain we had some really great candidates we went with Adam um, uh, but that's the kind of the process started last year, and now it, the, the complexion of the room changed with, with, with the, the changes we made. Uh, we again we opened up the room last year to more talking and communication with the players. That all worked. So we're just going to build off that with the, with the new captain. All right, there's uh, Rick Bonus, and uh, one more from Bones, um, just on uh, the type of camp. He'll be running along with his coaching staff beginning tomorrow out on the west side of the city. Make it hard. It's going to be a tough training camp. It's going to be a lot of skating. Where You can't take all the X's and O's out of the game. You can't do those things if unless you're in great shape. We're going to be a hard-working, our team's going to be in great shape. And the way we want to play with a pressure game as much as we can, uh, you need to be in great shape. So we're going to, we're going to have battles, we're going to have skating. Uh, the, the players got an email the 1st of September is prepare for another tough training camp. And that's our goal going into it. All right. You know, that's kind of shades of Mo. Um, remember when Maurice came in the first time and he said, it's going to be a man's camp. Um, this one is going to be, uh, this one's for men. But, I mean, that's exactly what you want. I mean, uh, come out hard and uh, prepare your team for, you know, a very tough game one, never mind game number 82. And uh, wouldn't expect it any other way from Rick Bonus. I was going to do that Maurice impression. Yeah, it's going to be camp for men. Here, I mean, sorry, um, Paul Maurice. Got to play the hits. Got to play the hits, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought of too. To be honest, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, excited to get things started tomorrow on the ice, 10 a.m. Can't wait. Oh, it's gonna ta- be good. Talk from Schickster. The Jets going to Banff again this year. Do we know if there's a Banff trip? They're going to be signing. I don't anything? believe there is a Banff trip. I don't believe, and in fact, I actually reached out, uh, and who knows, maybe this has changed, because I reached out about a month ago to um, one of the guys in the PR department about the plan before the opening game of the season, because I am going to go out there for it. I thought that if they were going to be doing some things out there, maybe go and follow the team and do some content in and around it, but it doesn't look like that is the case. So 
Training camp here, game number one, Calgary, Alberta, Wednesday, October 11th. Um, so we heard from the head coach. Bones is fired up and uh, bringing his enthusiasm and his energy to Winnipeg Jet training camp. Um, but we hadn't heard from Kevin Day off in a while, and obviously there's still plenty percolating around the GM's office. Uh, first off, Chevy talked about just being excited to have the team back and to get started. So this is an exciting time. I think that uh, you know, again, there's two two kind of milestone you know moments in the uh, you know in the year where you, you know you get really really excited. You know, training camp is one of them. Obviously, um, you know, you get a chance to uh, to get back as a group. You know, see all the all the players, all the guys. Uh, if there's some new faces, you get you know acclimated with them. Uh, some of the veteran faces, you know, you you talk about you know how things are are going to get better and how you're going to you know continue to, to push. And then obviously the other one is the playoffs. Uh, those are the most exciting times when you get those things started. So we're excited to get things started here. I think that, um, you know, anxious to see, you know, what some of the uh, the new look of the players and how that meshes and how that, um, you know, kind of coincides with uh, the overall vision and, 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 you know, get things started. All right, Kevin Chevaldeoff, Jets general manager on uh, the beginning of training camp tomorrow. Um, Obviously, in the background of uh, everything that happens this year will be the future of a number of players, um, not just Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley with expiring contracts at the end of this year, Brandon Dillon, Dylan DeMello, Nino Niederreiter as well. Um, Jimmy was asked if this is going to be a defining season for the Jets with all the pending free agents at the end of the year. You know, so it's an interesting time right now. Obviously, we're, we're going through uh, um, and hopefully, you know, knocking on wood here coming out of, uh, you know, the pandemic type of cap system and, and how you have to manage things. Um, you know, I, I don't know that the unrestricted free agent side of it or potential unrestricted free agent side is different, you know, than, than other teams as well. Because, you know, over a period of time, you know, you have players under contract. Uh, obviously, we've had the, you know, we'll call it flat cap, but, you know, minimal increase in the cap over the last uh, last couple of years. And you've had to manage that, um, you know, kind of accordingly and and even though they're, you know the projections you know of the cap you know going up um, you know a, a certain amount is something that everybody is hopeful of you're still going to have to manage those assets and and um, we'll see how it all plays out but that aside is really you know like I know those are all kind of talking points and things that everyone's kind of concerned about but at the end of the day we're here to play the game we're here to win and you know that's what this group I think is really going to be focused on um, you've got to make the playoffs first I think that's the single most important thing that you know everyone you know needs to you know keep in their mind they need to play a certain way in order to earn that right uh, and, and then once you get there um, you know you, you have to you know you have to pay the price you have to do the things you have to take it one step further to um, you know to, to try to achieve your ultimate goal we didn't do that um and i think everyone to a man you know knows that you know the process starts now all right Jets general manager kevin shovel day off and uh you know, of course part of this i mean it's not like uh, this is the first time he's had pending ufas key pending ufas um he was asked if his experience from the uh year where dustin bufflin and andrew ladd were pending unrestricted free agents can uh, be applied here well, I think that, you know, you've learned, obviously, that, um, you know, uh, either of those different, you know, negotiations went one way or another. You know, obviously, in the lad situation, um, you know, we, we weren't in a playoff position. You know, we weren't in a situation where uh, there was an extension, uh, you know, in place. And the buff side of it, you know, we were able to get an extension in place. So everyone is different. Um, you know, how we approach, 
you know, uh, the, the, the future of this team. Again, that's that'll be, you know, looked at as we continue to move forward. But, you know, the main focus that everyone, everyone should be concerned about here is, is the fact that we're here to try to win. All right. And uh, speaking of uh, training camp and trying to win, uh, one more from Chevy. Here's what he's looking to see at camp when uh, things get going tomorrow. Yeah, so, you know, again, early on, there's always, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, an evaluation process that does go on. You have a couple of exhibition games early for, for some of the veteran guys. You're just looking for them to, you know, knock the rust off and, and get, uh, you know, get acclimated. Uh, for some of the younger players, you're, you know, you, for some of them, it's new. For some of them, you know, uh, they're the first time that we're seeing them uh, in an NHL training camp type of, uh, you know, forum, and you, and you want to see where they're at. Uh, if they've been part of your organization for a year or two years or whatever, you're looking for progress. You're looking to see... Um, you know uh, what areas of their game have or you know need to improve or different things like that um, again it, it's it's a competitive time it's an exciting time for all the players but it's a you know it's a competitive and, and nerve-wracking time too I'm sure all right so there is a little bit of Kevin Shevel day off a bunch of Rick bonus tomorrow I'm sure we'll hear from a number of the players on the Winnipeg Jets and uh, bottom line is we're gonna see this team on the ice getting after it for the first day of training camp. And, uh, man, I was doing my uh, tickets uh, with my brother and uh, the guys a couple nights ago, Monday Night Football over at BP. You realize that the the preseason is starting in, I think it's five days. Sunday, right? Isn't that it? I think it's Monday. Hold on a second. Uh, Sorry, that's the first home game, Monday. Here. Oh, okay. So there's actually a road game on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, 5 p.m. Uh, in Edmonton, not televised. Okay. That one. I don't know if they're gonna have it on the Oilers website or or what. But um, Monday is the first home game against Edmonton. That's on TSN three. Wednesday here on TSN three and Friday. So uh, I, I wouldn't you get your hopes up. I wouldn't get your hopes up for the Oilers uh, channel. Because uh, for the Prospects Tournament, the Oilers, and listen, I'm just going to watch Remus's face when I say this. Mm-hmm. The Oilers broadcast it on Oilers Plus, oh, a, they, subscription, a subscription service. They did and I saw, yes. I saw Tommy Gazzola saying, hey, if you're not an Oilers Plus subscriber but you want to see the game, go over to the Canucks, uh, Canucks feed because... They are broadcasting it, so um, wow. we'll get some clarity. Maybe the Jets are doing it on their own feed uh, on their YouTube channel. I'm not too sure, uh, but yeah, next Monday, Edmonton Oilers at home. Uh, next Wednesday is the Calgary game, and then they've got another one the following week, I believe, on October 4th against Ottawa before the season begins. And again, Saturday, big day out at the Hockey for All Center with. The uh, <laughs> annual fan fest day. Yeah, that that Oilers Plus is certainly interesting. But when your strategy is charging for people the same thing others are watching yeah. for free, it seems dumb. <laughs> and I know, yeah. So well, fans, you can't feel too good when every other team is saying, "Hey, watch this. Here it is," and the other one go, "Yeah, you can do it." But uh, here's your invoice. Yeah, so I, I I do think that's kind of like the future of how it's gonna go. There maybe a bit a bit early, but uh, jumping the gun there a little with this. Well, it's twenty. Yeah, oh, it's only twenty four dollars for a for the first year, and they do exclusive content. But you know that's another conversation. We'll see what the preseason okay. games are. I'm Two sure. bucks a month. Okay, that actually isn't too much. 
I got to figure it out. All right. Um, we're going to be all over this tomorrow, rest of the week. It's actually a great week for the Bombers to be on the bye um, because we're diving into all this Jet stuff, and then the Bombers will be back at practice next week. And, of course, we'll have exhibition games, and we've got that huge game, Bombers Argos, coming up a week Friday. Um, but let's get over to the Cool Bet Lines. Another big day in the lock shop yesterday. Uh, we have now gone 4-0 with the daily plays. I'll have another one coming up probably in and around this Blue Jays game tonight um, because it's Jays and Yankees again, and Kevin Gossman is on the hill. Jays minus 122 to win. Yankees plus 108. Um, Jays minus 1.5 is actually plus 137, and the total for the game is 7.5. We hit those CFL lines yesterday, and I said I was jumping all over Edmonton as a – Seven and a half point home underdog. That line's come down to six and a half. And Calgary, who are two point underdogs at home now, just one point underdogs and still plus 100, even money to win outright. Riders minus one and a half in Ottawa for the early game on Friday and Saturday's late game. Argos hosting the Thai Cats. Uh, it was nine and a half earlier. It's back to 10 right now. Uh, for the point spread. And tomorrow night, NFL, Giants and Niners, 10 points is the spread. The Niners, um, well, the Giants have played one good quarter of football. They were down, they were outscored 60 nothing in their first six quarters, and now they got a short week in San Fran. Not a great spot for the Giants, and that's why San Fran are 10-point favorites. Tomorrow in the lock shop, we'll make our official CFL picks for the week, as well as the Thursday nighter and then Friday show, which I believe I'll be joining Dusty and the guys from the Iceplex or from the Hockey for All Center um, will be our uh, famous full pick show for the week in the National Football League. It's all there at CoolBet. If you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST. For a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to 200 bucks. Uh, Remo, it all comes down to this. Our final day of live racing at Assiniboia Downs is tonight. How did you do last night? Did you, uh, did you, did you build off of your massive $150 Triactor win on uh, Monday? I did win. Well... I think I was total up four dollars, so I won one exacta that paid like twenty four bucks. So I didn't lose anything. I won like four bucks. So I'm actually nice you know, because I hit that. I'm actually really happy with how my year has gone gone pretty well. Uh, I didn't hit that one fifty. I would be very sad. I had a I had a I mean a rough start, but definitely came through at the end. Uh, I I had a thirty-one dollar exacto win last night, which was you, nice. Thirty-one? Yeah, thirty dollars and eighty cents for okay. the three-seven exacto. Yeah. But uh, but let's get to it. I mean, I'm gonna kind of let you lead the way. I've been so busy with everything else. I'm sort of freestyling these, but um, you know, maybe right off the bat, horse race number one, trifecta, one dollar. We're going to take Monster Domus. We're going to take Del Vecchio. And there's no way I can't take Looking High. Although I did like Cato's Lady. But that's actually the longest shot of all of them in this race. Um, 
but as I say, I'm not I'm not changing the original pick. We'll go with that right out of the uh, right out of the gate. What's your uh, What's your first bet for? I'm on. Today? Yeah, so I last year I won. Uh, I had a I won 26 on my exacta yesterday. Um, so I'm taking the chalk trifecta here. Race one, uh, one, two, four. I don't even know if that's going to pay anything. It's a five horse race, and I'm taking the three favorites, but playing it safe here. Um, yes, indeed. All right. Ooh, Island High with Antonio Whitehall in uh, race number three. Nothing really catching my eyes here. What? Uh, what's your next pick? I'm on race, race two, uh, one, two, four trifecta. Trying to hit these trifectas here. It seems to pay a lot more than going for straight winners. Uh, so I have no, I won't back down. Uh, number two, finalized. So I got two favorites and a bit of a longer shot, although... I think this is also another chalk one. Uh, I am Mila, uh, number four. So one, two, four. Those are the program selections. They, uh, yes, indeed, they are. I'm going to go to race number four, and uh, you know what? I'm going to go Exactor Box. Uh, two bucks each way, properly connected, and Oscar the Gulch. Nice. So there we go. A one five exactor box for race number four. Uh, what's next for you? Yeah, I'm on race three. I just have a straight exactor. I'm not going with the box. Uh, three four. This is another. Fa- I'm going hard on favorites here. I don't know if this is a good plan, but I feel like in some of these races, there's a lot of very big favorites, and then the rest of the pack. But Lady Cop, yeah. then then Russian Pearl. I got here. All right, I'm uh, doing a triactor box in race number five, three, four, seven. One of my favorites, Justa Buster, mm-hmm. uh, big ticket, and Lucky Chucky, three, four, seven for that one. Okay. Oh man, two more races in the season for us to go through. This is a, a sad moment. Yeah, mine is four, six, seven. So I have big ticket. Wits Rojo is the long going with the long shot here in Wits Wits Rojo. And Lucky Chucky. So that's, I also have Lucky oh, Chucky in mind. It's Rojo. Jeez. Okay. Um, ooh, Bluegrass. So I'm done. I got my four in. You are done. Well, I'm definitely sprinkling on these last couple races. Let's go to race number six. We've got eight. Eight in the, in the bag. Well, what up now, JT, which I'm convinced is Jim Toth, uh, is in the mix. Wow, Miami Souvenirs, 25 to 1. It's well, it's always just been in and around it. Uh, number five, Aramon is the favorite. So I guess we'll have to take <clears throat> five and six. And you know what? We're going to go with, with nine. How can we not? We know we love the Wit Horses, 15 to 1 right off the bat. So two, five, six. And that is basically the final bet of the year, although I'm going to look at race seven, and what the heck, it is the last race of the year. Whoa, 10 horses in this last one, Reem. Race seven? Race seven, there's 10 horses. Uh, Rail what, splitter. It's one got time. scratched. Yeah, well, that's why it was 11, so there's one scratch. Oh, oh I can't count, so, sorry. So... <laughs> Uh, is there anything that really looks at, well, maybe I'll add another one afterwards, but 
if you're anyway, listen, it's another great day outside. What are we at here? Uh, we are at uh, well, it's 24 degrees. Perfect night. Perfect night to get out. Um, couple things though, we do. Uh, we I do want to get to um, just before we uh, we finish up. Is it your why not question of the day? Uh, for our friends at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. Is it unrealistic for a grown man with a child to expect a solid 13, 14 hours of sleep a night? Yes. Uh, unrealistic? Is it? Yeah. Is it unre- it's unrealistic to pull off. However, if you get into it, is it... Uh, is that a no? I mean, if it makes you perform better at what you do, can you pull that off? Yes or no? This is the Kikuchi referendum. Yeah, we're talking about Kikuchi. His his hibernation like sleeping Said, pattern and sleeping skills. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, Kikuchi experiencing cramps yesterday. He said he only got eleven hours of sleep instead of his usual thirteen, fourteen. Traditionally, goes to bed at eleven and wakes up at one p.m. the next day. No, I don't think that's realistic for like. If I were to get that many hours of sleep. Like I don't go to bed before 11, so if you want me to get 13 hours of sleep, I'd have to go to bed at like 7. No, it's not re- that's not put, realistic put, for anyone. Put your kids to bed and then just go to bed too. But then I'm missing how, all How all late the, do your kids How late do your kids sleep? They like, go to bed at 7. And then when do they wake up? My daughter wakes up at 6, and my son wakes up at like 7, 7:30. Okay, so kids actually get like almost 12 hours of sleep? Yeah, they sleep a lot, man. I, you can't get like you can only be a professional athlete, but you're like so focused on your performance and it's worth so much money to work sleep 13, 14 hours. Like, so what? Like, how would I do that? So let's say I went to bed at seven, and then I miss all the hockey games, and I'm waking up at like nine. It's well, not, not realistic for anyone. That's if you want the full 14. That's if you want the full 14. Maybe you, you get up at 8 and you just you, you keep it to 13 hours a night. <laughs> no one could do that. What, I went to bed at, at I'll tell you, I went to bed at 11, wake up the next day at noon, or show's at 1. Like, when do you want me to get it ready? It's just not. Well, I don't mean you personally. I'm just talking about, you know, like, obviously, Kikuchi has a very, very supportive wife. Who is a lovely woman? She does great Instagram lives. Unfortunately, they're in Japanese, so I don't know exactly what they're talking about. What she might be talking about is what she's going to do for the next five hours until you say gets up. <laughs> Very well, well be. I no mean, wonder if, she's doing IG lives. He's sleeping all day. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're getting like, what's he getting paid? Like twelve million dollars a year. He pitches once every five days. You got to make damn sure you're Todd. There's a lot at stake for him. I agree. So Doing he's got to make family. sure. So if, look, if I was making twelve million a year, yeah, I'd be getting as much sleep as I needed. But for him, I mean, that was the biggest revelation yesterday that he said he gets thirteen, fourteen. I mean, it's an unbelievable number. It was bigger than the seven strikeouts, bigger than the win. It was like, hold on a second, what did he just say? He normally sleeps thirteen to fourteen hours a day. That is, uh, I'm sure that will spawn future discussions on the why not question of the day for not autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Um, Hey, shout out to our friends at little Brown jug. I actually popped in there on Monday night, um, said hi to a couple folks. I know Dallas was out having lunch there yesterday. Like 
this is, I can't believe that this is prime, prime patio weather right now. Um, you may not have originally planned to do it, but my God, with it being so gorgeous out right now, maybe a great spot after the show, after work, down at Little Brown Jug. And don't forget, Saturday night is their massive party, the Nuit Blanche street party, shutting down Hargrave. It's going to be a great, great scene. Fan fest during the day, Little Brown Jug at night. Sounds like a plan, if I do say so myself. And again, shout out to the gang at Breezy. I know a bunch of the boys were finishing up their uh, Tuesday night rounds yesterday. Of course, still in amazing shape right now. And uh, again, if you're thinking about a new home for you and your family, uh, long-term golfing home, make it breezy, Ben. Get on the waiting list for 2024. Talk to our pal Corey Johnson at the clubhouse or find out more online at breezyben.ca. Uh, Remo, what's up tonight? Going to watch this game or uh, try and see if you can squeeze in 13 hours in the rack? No. God. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get like seven. Um, I don't know. Probably checking, maybe checking out my fantasy lineups. Probably be editing some videos of uh, this show, most likely trying to grow our sub number. Yes. Uh, so if you missed... I posted this morning, um, you and Jamie Thomas recapping the Young Stars and 98.64 subs. So uh, we're trying to get to 10K and putting out stuff daily since, you know, since Labor Day, basically. So hit the uh, red subscribe, hit the thumbs up, help us get there. We're seeing a lot of new people, your new people finding us. That's kind of why. Yes, the new people in the chat. Welcome to you as well. Um Kevin Kowalik, how many hours does Huss sleep? I'm, well, it depends. There's a lot, there's, I mean, I've been known on a Saturday, depending on how late I was out on Friday night, to sleep a long time. I think normally during the week, I'm sort of like seven, maybe two to nine, three to 10 sort of thing. But again, there's all sorts of variables um, that I, I mean, that can change from night to night. I don't have the regular routine like someone with, for instance, a six month old and a four year old have. So again, it's all over the map, but, uh, as long as I'm up ready to go for the lock shop at noon and the show at one, and I've had my time to do all my reading, it is uh, it is all good. Uh, I love it with the 10 K Sucho at 10 K 100%, 100%. Um, we will do that. We kind of owe another one. I think It'll we owe good. it. Maybe yeah. I'll get a new one over at F Apparel. Or at least I'll show off my uh, uh, the WST on the inside. I might do that for all my sh- all the suits I get at F Apparel. Get the uh, WST inside. Either that, or maybe just get a bunch of pictures of Michael Remus. And every time I, you know, I could just open it up. You know, guided by guided by Reem. That would be, uh, be quite a way. To... Don't do that. Doug, they they yeah. asked me, they're like, do you want anything on the inside lining, like a picture? I'm like, I'm not that that cool. I know like Billy Jefferson had like Marvel characters or something. Like, I'm just like, just give me Paisley blank pattern. You're like, a proud partner in WST. Why wouldn't you have done that? Mine looked awesome. It's not for me. I just wanted a, a regular. Not he's not at all suit. proud of what we've done here. With that's this. not true. I'm quietly. I'm. I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of what we've accomplished. I just didn't want to put it 
<laughs> on my suit i don't know and it is they, the inside of the suit no one knows unless you actually show it although you're probably the guy at all the weddings like the jacket's immediately off getting thrown around tie headband no. immediately so you know what you're right people would be seeing it right off the bat like 20 minutes into the reception the jacket's being thrown around and the ties being used as a headband so i can understand why you why you wanted to do that um uh, okay, well, enjoy this Jays game tonight, gang. Uh, we're get back in uh, football mode tomorrow with the Giants and the uh, 49ers. But um, let's face it, around Winnipeg Sports Talk, we're back in well, not quite season mode, but training camp mode. And uh, we're going to be down there tomorrow. We'll get set up for a big Friday on the program. And then, of course, Fan Fest. Hopefully, we will see you down there. Um, big thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Great to talk to Dan Robertson and fan favorite Marat Atesh. Hit us up on all of our social channels and make sure you're following us at Sports Talk WPG. Tell a friend about us. And if you can get them to uh, subscribe to the channel, we'd love it because we're counting down to 10K. And the goal is to get there by opening day of the season, October 11th. And hey, a big shout out to Connor as well, doing a great job cutting clips and throwing stuff up on those social channels. So make sure you follow us there. X is does threads still exist. Remo is stuff go yeah. up on threads or no one does. No one actually looks at that anymore. I'm throwing stuff up on threads. I keep getting notifications. Cause like if you're on Instagram, it just like asks you every time you go on, sign up for threads, sign up for threads. You can't get away from it. So I think it's there waiting in the wings, not a primary thing, but I mean, we have it. Yeah. Almost twelve hundred followers on there. Big X guys, we're big X guys. That continues to grow. I'm not calling it. I don't call it X, and, and but it's it's a thing. Yeah. Throw I'm it By the way, how about me telling Andy McNamara that Kareem Hunt just signed with the Browns yesterday to get that great facial expression, and then it actually happening twelve hours later. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of saw that saw that coming. They did sign uh, Kareem Hunt today, and. That was, I did think about that when I saw the news. I'm like, oh, I guess you were right. And check out that moment <laughs> yesterday where you, he got excited. I should uh, cut that one. It was, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great like look. Andy's a very animated dude. Um, so, yeah, Kareem Hunt back. Uh, if you're like my buddy Dom, who paid 62 bucks for Jerome Ford in your waiver auction, um, you got to hope that he sticks with the number one job. But at least they get some back up. And, again, shout out to Nick Chubb. Just a brutal, brutal injury. Training camp begins tomorrow, everybody. We will be live at 1 p.m. with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets and a great selection of guests as always. Have an awesome night. Get outside. Enjoy this weather. And make sure to be back with us tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.